That's okay. You know that that will probably be be the me starting on Schwab's too. As much as I give uh, give the business end on stuff, I I'm sure my shmup would be a, like stick figures. The shmup. <laughs> yes, but your shmup would have Tex Maxim in it, right? Of course, all the best shmups have Tex Maxim. So that would automatically make it a ten out of ten. Or, you know, nine and a half out of ten. Tex Maxim waifu. <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> deep space Tex Maxim waifu. Oh, my. <laughs> we have gone off the rails. <laughs> that train has left the station, gone off the rails, and is now approaching the end of the canyon. Shoot the core, Cass. Welcome to Shoot the Corecast, the official companion podcast to the RF Generation Shmup Club. This is a family-friendly shmup-themed podcast that asks you to pick Viper and chill. I'm Addicted, also known as Addicted to Shmups, and I want to thank everybody for listening to the past couple of episodes. I've been recovering from the Damaku flu. I went to the doctor and he told me I was eating too much Tex-Maxium, so I've cut back and I'm feeling a lot better. So, let's get this going. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'm Metal Fro, also known as Game Boy Guru. And if you would like to connect with us and uh, the podcast, you can do that in multiple ways. You can follow us on Twitter at ShootCoreCast, or follow me directly at Game Boy Guru. Uh, check out all the links to all the feeds on our Linktree page. Uh, that is linktr.ee/shootthecorecast. Um, join our Discord server and uh, join us for an, a future Shmup Club playthrough. Uh, please uh, like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, etc. for the podcast on whatever platform you use. And then also uh, check me out on Twitch where I stream the Shmup Club Game of the Month multiple times throughout every month at twitch.tv slash guru gameboy. We also have the ARF Generation database, which is extremely helpful. I've been getting lost keeping track of all of my Tears of the Kingdom merch, and I know some of you out there have as well. So it's a great way to track and record your collection, keep track of all your merch, you know, and to always keep in mind all the great people and great articles that are posted there. Indeed. There's also our ever-present friends at the Collector Cast, also known as Dark Souls Cast. And everyone at the playcast or the concert cast, keep it up the good. Uh, sorry, keep up the good work. So that being said, let's move on to our question of the month. What is your favorite shmup game soundtrack, and why is it Lightning Force? Huh. Well, it's not quite how I uh, worded it. All right. Well, let's get started with our first one, then. Nefarious Wes says Musha. Musha has a good soundtrack. I haven't played that game as much as I want to, so I may have to see if we slot that in somewhere so I can uh, give it some more time. 
<clears throat> Your Dad 1984 said either Gekarindan or Darius Gaiden. Zuntada for the win. Zuntada, though. Can't, can't beat that. Metal Black. Mm hmm. Synthetron Prime says Thunder Force V. Maybe. Yeah, Thunder Force V has a really good soundtrack, but oh, Thunder Force 4. No. The Thunder Force V has a good soundtrack, too. I played the PlayStation 1 version quite a bit. What are your thoughts on that soundtrack? Yeah, Thunder Force 5 is good. Um, I mean, I'm still biased with Thunder Force 4, of course, but uh, we definitely need to, to tackle 5 at some point. Definitely. I, I got a, a funny story when it comes regards to that. I was uh, out shopping at a half-price books, and... Uh, Somebody had the uh, traded in disc only copy of Thunder Force Five for the PS One, and so, oh, I was able to get it. It was like eight dollars, wow. but it was a disc only copy. They labeled it as Thunder Force Five soundtrack. They didn't realize it was the actual game. Oh wow! And maybe they must have uh, forgot to put the disc in when it goes. This is not an audio. Do you remember those things? Oh yes. Yes, please do not try playing track one. Oh, geez, I feel like we're dating ourselves here. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Katsu Entertainment says, Outside of our own dogfight soundtrack by Dale North, Thunder Force 4. Someone who understands the question. Perfect. Al the Holy says, I'm still listening to the soundtrack Thunder Force 5 almost every day. And your perfect soundtrack for my favorite shmup. There we go. we got two... Suggestions for Thunder Force 5. I think we're going to have to add in for 2023 or 2024. Indeed. Uh, Pete Zilla says, Ketsui Stage 4 is a bit of a banger. I would have to agree. Great if you can stay alive long enough to hear it. <laughs> right. All right. DJ Psycho M1 says, Hot Jams for Hyperduel. Hyperduel is definitely one of the games I want to try playing a little bit more. I know it's... Uh, I haven't played the arcade version, but I definitely played the Saturn version. I like what I played. What are your thoughts on that? Have you had a chance to put a lot of time into Hyperduel? No, I haven't. But that's an interesting uh, choice. Um, I, I don't think of Hyperduel as one of Technosoft's best soundtracks, so I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to... Give that a listen again. Press play on track two and let's go. Uh, Geardo211 says UN Squadron for SNES. Just non-stop bangers from Capcom. Yeah, UN Squadron, the Super Nintendo version, really really surprised me compared to the... I prefer the gameplay of the arcade version because I, I'm weird like that, but the... Uh, Super Nintendo version wins hand down as, as far as the soundtrack is concerned. They really did a great job on there, especially not making it overly reverby and making use of the Super Nintendo's uh, unique sound synthesis. Right. Either that or I've been watching Ed play it one-handed too much. <laughs> right. Spider's STG says Eskatos. Might have more time listening to OST arrange and various remixes on YouTube than in game. Eskatos, there we go. Every time I read this, all I want to do is just pl keep playing these games. 
Eschatos is definitely a game I want to get into. And th- that game uh, just recently came out, did it? The physical? Along with um, Eschatos and uh, what's the one with the 13-year-old girl who saves the world? Oh, uh, no, you're thinking, of, uh, you're thinking of Natsuki Chronicle and Ginga Force. Ginga Force. Okay, I'm going to mix up there. Yeah, unfortunately, the Eschatos physical that's out is for the 360, and it's very expensive now. I thought it came out for the uh, for the Steam, didn't it? It's on Steam, yeah. Eschatos. But if you want a console yeah, version right. in physical... Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 360 is the only way to go so far. Yeah. Well, you could probably buy a Steam... T- for the price of a physical on the 360, you could buy a Steam Deck and buy the game on Steam. Almost. I bet. Yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful that that uh, we'll see Eschatos physical at some point. Um, you know, before some, the end you of know, the If it's popular enough, somebody will pay to bring it to the Switch. Is what I found out. I mean, we're getting gimmick being brought to the Switch. <laughs> We're this seeing bit trip world bring rattles. Like we're getting plumbers don't wear ties. We've seen night trap. At some point, they're just going to go on here. Has it? There's just going to be a form that says, "Has it appeared on the switch?" If it's like no, do you just automatically get the publishing rights? Yes, all the things on the switch. Pretty much, people trying to collect the switch now are going to be going nuts. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine someone just having an entire Switch collection? And they're like, and if they're like me, and you've got little kids, you're going to be nuts trying to figure out where the heck they hit that little cartridge. That was bad when you put peanut butter inside of the VCR tape on here. Just try finding one of those little Switch cartridges. You find all these cases and going, why is Kirby in Zelda? Where's all the stuff? And where's this last one I'm missing? It's like trying to find that last piece to a puzzle. Just make sure you check it's every on the diaper floor. thoroughly. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Huh. I get one of those little air tags on it. <laughs> Press the button. Uh, lo- locate my Switch game. Yeah. Uh, Doc33 says Jamestown Plus is up there for me. Jamestown Plus was pretty fun. I, you know, I keep thinking I'm going to go back to that. But every time all, all I can do is just think of that. Uh, that in song, it's not the William Tell, it's a. Uh, um, Beef, it's what's for dinner. What the heck is that actual name of that song? Oh, um, Hoedown. Hoedown, yeah. Uh, every time uh, you say the word Hoedown, it had me thinking of um, whose line is it anyways. But uh. <laughs> I, I keep saying, uh, Hoedown is that beef, what's for dinner? Yep. Uh, and that one playthrough that they did were all, um, it was in Germany when they did, I think it was one of the Schmup Slams, yep. right? They. Was it four or something? They all went to a, a net cafe in Germany, and they'd all get up and dance every time they cleared the stage in that played. Yep. I think that was Shmup Good Slam stuff. 3. There we go. Watch it now. FaceTime Police says Eurokill. You don't really hear Final Fantasy caliber music in a shmup. This is pretty darn close, if you ask me. The cherry on top is a voice actress who plays one of the main characters, also saying the main theme song. This is one of those games that I've seen go really cheap that I we were checking. I know there's a PC port of it as well, but the Switch version, I think, went as cheap as like 15 bucks, which, you know, for a shmup game is pretty much unheard of. I yeah. know it's more like a visual novel. 
Right. Well, it's a combination of visual novel and shoot 'em up. And I want to say, once you finish the game, you sort of unlock the arcade mode where you can just play the shmup stages. Oops, uh, all shmups. Easy Racer said, as I was thinking about it, realized whenever I don't like the soundtrack, I'll mute the music and put the Silver Surfer NES soundtrack on. So I guess that should be my answer. Really hope you take some time to discuss the, quote, interesting soundtracks of 1943 for NES and Biometal, North American release. I am assuming Easy Racer means 1942, because 1943 on the NES, I would contend, has a good soundtrack. Yeah, and 1942 is used more to wake people up. Uh, in fact, I think I read an article about that earlier and how people who were in comas, they played the soundtrack for 1942 to try and wake them up. Now that's a medical experiment that I would be uh, uh, interested in reading the results of. <laughs> He's been asleep for six years. Bring in the bells and the bells and the drums. <laughs> I don't know. The whistles and the drums. And I guess... Uh, even playing the revamped version of that game on the uh, PS3 was pretty terrible. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it wasn't. <clears throat> I was playing um, Wolf on the Battlefield, uh, a.k.a. Mercs 3. The modern version of that on the PS3, and that was okay, but the 1942 on... Oh, that should have stayed buried. Oh, was that uh, 1942 Joint Strike? I think that's the name of it, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'll give it this. It's better than Pacific Wings. Oh, well, sure. (laughs) Pacific Wings set the bar low and then uh, consistently failed to meet it, but that's okay. Yeah. And That's okay. You know that that will probably be be the me starting on swaps too. As much as I give uh, give the business end on stuff, I I'm sure my shmup would be a, like stick figures. The shmup. <laughs> yes, but your shmup would have Tex Maxim in it, right? Of course, all the best shmups have Tex Maxim. So that would automatically make it a ten out of ten. Or, you know, nine and a half out of ten. Tex Maxim waifu. <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> deep space Tex Maxim waifu. Oh, my. <laughs> we have gone off the rails. <laughs> that train has left the station, gone off the rails, and is now approaching the end of the canyon. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I guess all I can say about uh, biometal is, y'all ready for this? <laughs> oh, was that? I, I'm trying to remember. Biometal was one where the North American release got a really weird. Um, was it sort of like a house party soundtrack? But the the Famicom, the Super Famicom release was like technical or something. I've heard. Was it techno? I'm trying to remember. The Super Famicom version has an original soundtrack, but for the North American release, they licensed music from 2 Unlimited. And so it's all this high-energy kind of techno dance music. Of course. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Th- there's only one shmup where that's going to work, and that's Viewpoint. 
Well, and and viewpoint. I mean, <clears throat> that soundtrack is, in my mind, is legendary. Yeah, house music for the win. All right. Peter Hahn says, Darius Gaiden, UN Squadron, and Thunder Force 3 are probably my top three. Yeah, Thunder Force 3 has a really good soundtrack. UN Squadron we talked about earlier, and Darius Gaiden, nothing comes to my mind as far as the soundtrack of that game, but the gameplay itself is wonderful. I love the Darius Gaiden soundtrack. That was one of those that, after I bought the game on the Sega Saturn, and realized that I could play the music in my CD player, I did. And then later, when I had uh, a car with a CD player in it, I ripped the tracks and made my own just CDR version of that to keep in the car, along with Galactic Attack and a few other soundtracks. And so that was very frequently in heavy rotation in my car. That's a great soundtrack. Uh, Gotio says Gallop. And I'm assuming that's uh, Armed Police Unit Gallop. That's what I'm assuming as well. From Irem. Yeah, Gallop, or I should say Irem in general, has been receiving a lot of love on the Mister. Hopefully that comes to the Mister pretty soon. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember which uh, which board set that is. If that's M, is it M eighty two? It's definitely not M ninety two. No. Might be. Eight, yeah, it's all right. It might be eighty two because that was R type two as well. Yeah, I would. Take a say as the educated guess that you're probably right. Hopefully, all right. Chill Spike says that's a loaded question. I will change a lot depending on my mood, but here's a couple: Gradius Three Super Nintendo, R Type Three Super Nintendo. Avoid the GBA version like the plague. Yes. Raging Blaster Switch Darius Twin Super Nintendo. Uh, Darius Twin, we, we've definitely enjoyed that. Gradius 3, that was a good one on the Super Nintendo. R-Type 3 on the Super Nintendo, that was also a good one. And this Game Boy Advance, I'm trying to remember what the Game Boy Advance version was, but anytime I... The difference between the Game Boy Advance and the Super Nintendo sound chip is very apparent. Especially if you're playing, like, let's say even Super Mario World or uh, it was Super Mario Advance 16 or whatever the version they called on the Game Boy Advance, Yoshi's Island... Uh huh. The, the difference between this, oh, I I love the Game Boy Advance because it, it is in many ways a portable Super Nintendo, but that sound chip is subpar. Yeah. Well, I will agree wholeheartedly with uh, avoiding the GBA version of R Type Three like the plague, and uh, gotta say, Darius Twin soundtrack for the win. That's uh, that's a good pick. I've I've long been a fan of that. Uh, Pony Trigon has uh, some some suggestions here. Classic Shmup OST, Gradius Gaiden, Thunder Force 4, and 5. And for a modern Shmup OST, Devil Engine. It's really hard to pick just one. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, Darius Guide in mentioned with Thunder Force 4 and 5. A lot of people like Thunder Force 5. Oh, yeah. We'll have to play that one soon. Drake Tunston says, Thunder Force 2. Oh, Black Sheep. And Thunder Force 2 is definitely fun. I didn't... The first time I played it, I didn't even realize that it had... Um, <clears throat> had horizontal scrolling levels. <laughs> I watched the GameSack episode. I just got it because it was on GameSack. So I'm like, oh, this looks cool. Should get this. And then, like, man, this game is hard. And then I, I start having to rewatch the video and like, oh, there are actually some di different scrolling on here. It's so different than three and four. Well, even five. I haven't played the original Thunder Force, but it, it does. It does seem more akin to the um, PC-98 original than to any of its successors. Yeah, definitely uh, a transitional effort. Uh, BB chimed in and said, DFK Black Label Arrange, a.k.a. Katsupachi, uh, Blue Revolver Double Action, Devil Engine, and Infinos Gaiden. Those top two in particular are flawless. You know, uh, Ketsupachi sounds like something you use for Tex Maxim. Could you please pass me the Ketsupachi? I need some on my burrito. <laughs> uh, all, solid choices for all. Uh, Blue Revolver is definitely a good one. And I think it's on the docket sometime pretty soon. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think it's either this year or next year for Blue Revolver. I'm looking forward to that. And Devil Engine is definitely good. I like the soundtrack on that game. And Infinite's Gaiden. I I don't think we've talked about that one, have we? That one doesn't come up on my radar. No, but uh, generally speaking, the dev who uh, the dev who made that game, uh, Picker and Soft, they they usually do good work. Sounds good, and always good to find another shmup to enjoy. Yep. Scabby says, DFK Black Label, mostly because it's my, one of my first 1CCs. Stage 2's guitar post, sorry, Stage 2's guitar solo post mid-boss will forever be cool to me, no matter how many dozens of times I hear it. Other than that, probably g Darius, Darius Burst, or Metal Black. Specifically for Metal Black, the first album. And Metal Black has an incredible soundtrack. Yeah, definitely one of the highlights in that game. Uh, Varyag says, Toho, any, but mostly six, Atsugan, Rayforce, Mushihime-sama, and Danmaku Unlimited 2 and 3. Now, uh, Toho 6, that was uh, Scarlet Devil? I think so. Did I, uh, you know, I am, I, I went through the Toho Encyclopedia for the last episode, and I'm, Trying my best to remember all that, but there is a heck of a lot of stuff to remember. And it seems every other time I turn around, someone's come up with a Toho manga about where some form of gambling or like, uh, what was the latest one? Everyone started playing Mahon there, or some weird reference in some fan game that I haven't heard of. So uh. I'm still trying on this, so please go easy. Nickel Shark says, Mushihime Fatari is my favorite, particularly stage 5 music. 
That second closest blue revolver, double action. It's basically a kicking EDM album, and as a fan of hardcore style, hard style EDM, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, another one from Blue Revolver. I definitely like that game, and looking forward to uh, letting it uh, trying it out some more in its time in the sun or its month, which, as I mentioned earlier, should be sometime this year or next year. Yep. Uh, Duke Togo said, Have to go with Tempest 2000. Still pumps me up every time. I could, you know, at Duke's recommendation here, I could just see someone go, We just got a call into the radio station here on on Hot Jams 24.5. This one goes out to Duke Togo, Tempest 2000. <laughs> But uh, realistically, if Duke Toko recommended it, what will probably happen now is we'll get it from Limited Run, right? They'll do a, a release on it. They'll come out with a, a Jaguar version, and they'll come out with it on Switch that comes with the soundtrack included in a special edition. There you go. Coming soon from Limited Run Games. <laughs> there we go. I buy that over Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Absolutely. Or someone, or as they will probably else say, I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Speaking of which, why aren't we getting our uh, Maximum Carnage and uh, Smash TV? Why aren't we getting that as a double pack? We got Zombies Ate My Neighbors and Ghoul Patrol. Let's do a Smash TV slash Total Carnage. Let's go. Here we go. SPM says impossible to pick one, so I'll just say Zevius. Now, Zevius is an interesting choice. It's a little primitive, but I could definitely see how that w- w- would bring out some nostalgia. Or definitely like that one. It- it's not as primitive as 19. Um, almost said 1984. We're going Orson Welles here. Uh, 1942. And the, the drum beat, but it, it, it definitely has its own. It, it's not like the monotonous beat that you get with the Space Invaders either. You know, type sound of uh, impending doom, and it's, it's not sort of like the uh, stillness that you get from Missile Command. <clears throat> or the, the you know, on top where you get the music adds to that feel of dread, the feel of doom. You, you sort of get that in Missile Command, and you sort of get that into... Uh, get the, You especially get that with Space Invaders, by the way that they move. But with Xevious soundtrack, it's a little bit more ethereal, right? Especially with that Nausicaa lines come out there. It really does a good, good indication that this is not a... Uh, <clears throat> this is not something normal. This is definitely a sci-fi world. Maybe inspired a little bit by some of the stuff they were going around at the time. I mean, we had aliens, we had uh, or alien and aliens. We had two thousand one space odyssey. Heck, around that time, didn't we have uh, the Atari space race? <laughs> well, that, that's what you call it, right? Because every other game on the Atari twenty six hundred was had some version of space in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I suspect that SPM's post in the Discord with this was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, um, but uh, yeah, 
it's interesting. And wrapping us up is Schlarp, who says, There are so many good STG soundtracks, but I especially like the track in Alzadik on PC Engine CD. Definitely an under-the-radar pick there. Yeah, and we, ha we, we both have a little history with this. When I was trying to find a copy of this game, I kept messaging you and... Uh, cover your children's ears, but my phone whenever I type in all's a dick, my uh, phone would change it to dickhead. So yes, I, I just picked up a copy of Dickhead on the PC Engine CD. Oh yes. So, oh, that's been a while. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been a while since it did that. The latest thing it did was you were asking me if I can look out for a copy of Just Pants and it changed, sorry, Just Dance and it changed it to Just Pants. <laughs> so, uh, yes. uh, boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, you come in there. I'm looking for a copy of Dickhead on the PC Engine, please. Yeah. Do you have Just Pants 2023? Just Pants 2023. <laughs> I'm sure we just give them fodder for uh, for uh, the meme section of our Discord. Oh. <laughs> uh, well. All right. I, well, now now that we've gotten away from the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the soundtracks, here, let's talk a little bit about gun veins. So did you have a chance to practice this month? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I, I, I did not really have much time to play. Uh, I probably booted it up once this month, um, you know, between work, between my own streams, and everything else. I just haven't been home much. And so, yeah, I, I haven't had nearly as much time to play as I would like, and uh, I'm definitely going to be out of practice when I pick it back up again. Yeah, I picked it up again earlier this week because I got a new... Uh, <laughs> I was having trouble with the Bluetooth headset I was using, so I said, you know, I've got all these different systems and stuff. Let me find something that takes care of everything. And the only thing I could find that was close was the soundbar. So I picked up a TV soundbar, hooked everything up, and uh, it, hearing the word "bamba" come out of it is uh, quite a treat. So I was playing a lot and figuring out, you know, just like golf, you know, I, I don't ever seem to be any getting any better at the game. Uh, I'm co constantly running into trouble, and I'm, I'm losing my balls. So that, that's how. That's how Gunvane has it. It's been, it's definitely been fun with the new soundbar I'm playing through, but it's still a hard, one heck of a hard game as ever. I've been playing it on um, expert mode, and it's uh, you may have to dial it back to intense. Yeah. Um, but we, I did want to mention we got good news for that, right? Yeah, I did want to mention a couple things on that. So there, uh, the Switch version is supposed to release in May. I don't know exactly what day yet, um, and there will be a physical at some point, or at least that's the plan. Uh, as we know with uh, previous NG dev team releases, uh, they have typically all received a physical of some kind, and so there will likely be a Switch physical for this game. And also, there is a patch forthcoming for the PC version that should fix some issues and improve the loading times. And that was something that I mentioned to Boghog, who is kind of the lead developer on the game, that uh, was a bit of a pet peeve, was that 
you know, when you launch the game on PC, it just takes a, a really long time to load. And um, Boghog said that should be should be mostly mitigated with the new patch. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, at first I was annoyed, but then after a while I just started up, went to go make a cup of coffee, and by the time I came back, it was all ready to go. Yeah. So, but definitely any bug fixes or improvements are be helpful and appreciated and thanks for the time of going through that I think I saw somewhere that would be like around the second week of May for the Switch release was that right? At least a best guesstimate? Uh, that could be right, yeah uh, Well, no, what is it? Uh, we were having some discussion about this on, on the Shmup Junkie Discord um, either earlier or yesterday I, uh, and I keep thinking I heard the word May 11th, but for some crazy reason, that may just be me. I think it actually comes out closer to, uh, oh yes, May 11th. I think you're right, because it comes out right next to uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, that's all right. You, you, you're going to be like that guy in the meme just sweating with the two buttons there trying to figure out which one to press. <laughs> right. Slave one is Gun Vane, one is Tears of the Kingdom. Exactly. Well, uh, hopefully hopefully you get some time to play some Gun Vane in the coming month before Tears of the Kingdom takes over your life here. <laughs> but it, I'm certainly having fun with it even later and, and uh, be definitely happy to see more people pick it up because right now it's Switch only. I'm oh, sorry, not Switch only. It's PC only. And that sort of limits its exposure right now. Exactly. Once it gets on, yeah, once it gets on Switch, we'll be hopefully get more people to give it a try and join in plus we can finally play with the flip grip yes that would be good all right so let's move on to all the shmup news that you can use yes strict strict yes strictly limited game says the steel empire chronicles release up for pre-order which combines the sega genesis game boy advance and steam versions of the game on the switch and ps4 and as long as as the game's predecessor over horizon sorry as well as the game's predecessor over horizon they have licensed reproductions for steel empire on genesis and mega drive and over horizon for the nintendo entertainment system or nes up for pre-order as well now this was brought to us by the power of Duke Togo. Duke Togo suggested this over Horizon and strictly limited provided. So either he's bribing them or you know, we just have crazy coincidence here. <laughs> but I am very thankful that more people are going to have a chance to play these games. Uh, Steel Empire is one that we already went through. I know the Game Boy Advance version on this is not terrible. And the Steam version is more akin to the Game Boy Advance version than the Genesis version, if I remember correctly. Well, sort of. Um, Was that the 3DS shop version? Am I getting them all confused? Yeah, the 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 Game Boy Advance version, I don't care for. Uh, there are certain ways in which I think it breaks the game, uh, and it makes it unnecessarily difficult. Um, it's basically a one-life game, so if you die, unlike the Genesis version where you keep your power level in the Game Boy Advance version if you die you start from square one again and as tanky as enemies get toward the end of the game it makes it difficult now the 
The Steam version is basically the 3DS version, which was sort of a a retooling of the game that went back to more of how the Genesis did it. Um, and so the Steam version, which of course will now be on Switch, uh, is, a, is a good way to play the game. I still prefer the original Genesis version the most, but the Steam version is quite good. And so I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, that's that's going to get out there again. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really happy to see more people have a chance to play Over Horizon. It's so weird to think that this shmup came out in Europe and it came out for the Famicom, but never made its way over the NES. And it's brought to us by the Hot B, the publisher of the Black Bass series. Yeah. It's just really weird, but you know, it, it, I enjoyed Over Horizon and definitely like the soundtrack and the different things you can do with the little two options that are following your ship. It's really, at least to me, it was ahead of its time. One of the later levels has a waterfall, and as you go through the waterfall, your ship actually gets pushed down to, towards the bottom of the screen. That was a really nice touch. Nice. So I, I'm I'm sure that Duke Togo ordered at least four copies, so he'll be playing with us when we uh, <laughs> choose Over Horizon for the, sometime next year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Columbus Circle is making a new Super Famicom controller styled after the previous Hudson Soft Famicom uh, controller endorsed by Mas Master... Uh, Takahashi Majin, and uh, the new pad has the same art style uh, turbo switches for each face button, and so it's kind of like a uh, a new take on an old favorite, I guess you could say. Now, this is a Super Famicom, so okay, I thought it'd be like the um, that. Do you remember that 15 shots per second the the timer that came out that was pretty popular not too long ago? Okay. Well, actually, this would have been like in 2008. Not, it was just a, it would count how fast you press the buttons. Yep. And the A and B button, yeah. I thought you were talking about something similar to that. No, this is or, basically a Super Famicom version of of that uh, Hudson Yellow B Famicom pad that came out all those years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, whenever you said that, I was just expecting. Uh, Maybe you know how how they love to make different style uh, Bomberman uh, multi taps. Uh huh. I was just picturing one of those in like Tasha, Takahashi Majin's face, just connected oh. to play Bomberman. <laughs> they come out one for the Saturn. You plug in sixty four Saturn controllers. Uh well, I you know, and this isn't this isn't strictly shmup related, but since uh, Takahashi Majin is is well known for his uh, dexterous fingers uh, hitting the fire button um, and his love of Star Soldier uh, I, I felt like it was at least tangentially related you know I was sort of wondering do you think Takahashi Majin has ever walked up to a doorbell and just decided eh, why the heck not <laughs> alright publisher Marvelous announced Toho Shensekai Slated for release on July 13th, which will be a Toho RPG. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right. I I guess it'll be just like any other RPG. I'll wander around going, I don't know what's going on, but I can press the buttons and 
kill stuff. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, I, I honestly have no more information about that, uh, about it other than that. So uh, I'll be curious to see uh, how that develops. Uh, Red Art Games will be handling a physical release for Castle of Shikigami 2. No pre-order date or re- release date have been announced yet. Now, d- does it ha- does the terrible VC uh, DLC this time, or is it included on disc? What's that? The terrible voiceover. No, the terrible the voice. Vo- act- the terrible voice acting that was in the PS2 version is unfortunately locked to that version uh, for licensing no. issues. Or as we could say in the backstroke of the West, do not want. <laughs> yeah. So if you want, uh, if you want uh, absolute gems like I'm Kim of se- of two homes and seven moms, or I like girls, but now it's about justice, then you have to get the P- PS2 version. <laughs> From the people who brought, who brought you um, Kai Kazama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. And I don't know what was with the Castle of Shikigami stuff on there. Someone just goes, no, 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 no. We can't have this on here. Well, well that was actually Gunbird, wasn't it? That they made into Mobile Light first. Oh, yes. That, that Gunbird became uh, Charlie's Angels, yeah. the shmup. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is with these bad type of, oh, I don't know. Weird things happens. That reminds me. Maybe we should do that for like a month of December. Charlie's Angels the shmup. Uh. If anybody actually plays the Charlie's Angels game on the GameCube, well, uh, God bless them because they'll need a lot of patience. <laughs> All right. Trouble Witches Final will be dropping on July 6th in Japan. Pre-orders available now on Amazon JP. <laughs> Trouble Witches, this is the sequel to the uh, 360 game. Am I getting that right? Something like is that, that. Is that st- Strike Witches? Or am I getting confused for all the witches? Well, not Strike point? Witches. That's different. Um, Trouble Witches is different. And the Trouble Witches uh, timeline or series release history, I-, I don't have a clear picture on. So I'm not actually sure how many Trouble Witches games there are. Um, I do know that there's an earlier release on 360 and on PC, but other than that, I really don't, I really don't know much. It's all right. I mean, it's another shmup. I'll definitely take a look at this. Is it coming out on the PS4? Is it modern consoles or what is this? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's, um, modern consoles. All right. Yeah. As mentioned on here, it's almost by law now. Everything has to come out on the Switch. You making a game? Yes. Sign here to re- release on the Switch. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, Terraflame from T- Terran Studios will receive a worldwide release on Nintendo Switch with the 2.0 content currently available on the Switch release. Digital pre-orders are up now. Yeah, Terraflame is definitely one of the games I've heard good things about and would like to put on our docket for... Uh, Docket for discussion. Indeed. It definitely looks good. Uh, heavy Thunder Force vibes. Uh, East Asia Soft will be publishing, uh, or has published, I guess, 
uh, console version of Hyper 5 for the Switch, PS4, and PS5, and Xbox Series. No word on a physical yet. Um, I saw actually earlier today that uh, Chef Fataris on his YouTube channel had uh, a review up of Hyper 5 already um, because he grabbed the Switch version and, uh, and you know, put some time into it. So that, that just released, I think. Yeah, I'm looking through some of the stuff. It looks like it's mostly positive on Steam. I'll have to try and put this in here. Of course, the person who said who barely got to gun veins can go, I'm going to try this shmup. But <laughs> try. I will definitely try and put this one ahead and uh, to the top of the list. The following Cave Develop Toho game is tentatively set for Nintendo t- November 22nd, release in Japan for both iOS and Android. No word on re- Western release. Was this the one that we we got the uh, what the what the it was like a, just a what the bleep 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 was that from Jamers who wrote that? Are you doing cave in response to this one? Oh, I don't remember who who did that, but yeah, I think the general consensus from the the Western shooting game community was a collective what the heck. Um, based on the fact that A, it's Cave Making a Toho game B, Cave Making a Toho game that's horizontal and not vertical and C, Cave Making a Toho game that's going to be mobile (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out yeah as weird as this sounds, mobile is probably the biggest market out there, especially in Japan. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really surprise me. It's not like, I mean, you definitely see that people have switches out there and <clears throat> will be using that or, or even switch lights, but the mobile market just has to be absolutely massive in Japan. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Retro-styled horizontal shooter Alpha Warrior released on Steam April 11th and uh, has somewhat of a hand-drawn look to the graphics. Looks very, very old-school influenced. Nice. Um, This is another one I'll have to add to my list of shmups I hope to one day find time to play. (laughs) Right. September 25th through October 2nd is Shmupfest on Steam, which will feature sales and promotions of shooting games, including Bullet Hell and Twin Stick games. During this week period, watch for special discounts, demos, and highlights of unreleased and upcoming games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember how I caught wind of this, but uh, it's kind of cool that they're going to be highlighting the genre for a week. So hopefully that means that there will be some some fun tie-ins and promotions going on. I'm hoping that that they do make a bunch of this stuff just for like a dollar. At that point, I could actually afford to buy all the DLC for Darius uh, Cosmic Revelations. Oh, Darius Burst? Darius Burst. Yeah, sorry, Darius Burst. Uh, You know, make it a dollar for everything I can finally afford to buy. All the DLC. Well, yeah, if they made it a dollar for everything, then uh, to get all the DLC, it'd only be out, what, a hundred bucks? Just about. (laughs) 
No, you got maybe about 110 after tax. Oh, that's true. Uh, Namco's arcade classic Cosmo Gang The Video got an Arcade Archives release April 20th, 2023. Yeah, and Cosmo Gang is sort of like the parodious version of Space Invaders, right? Well, no, it's more like the parodious version of uh, Galaga or Galaxian. Nah. The game we can't stop making fun of. Xenofighters R continues to see development as of version 0.334 released on April 13th. Xenofighters something. I apologize. I, I can't remember. What's the game about? Oh, this Fighting is, Xenos? This is a, kind of a fan project, I guess you could say, uh, that's been in development for a long time. And it, it essentially uses sprite art and assets ripped from other games. And it's sort of like a mashup of Raiden Fighters and other games together. Oh. And uh, it's kind of a... So this is like a, a shmup version of Salty Bets. What's that? This is a shmup version of Salty Bets. I don't know what that is. You know Salty Bets? Uh-uh. You no, know, you never heard of that? Okay. <clears throat> so Salty Bet was a website that was... Oh, they took all the ga- characters from... They did sprite rips and took all the characters from all sorts of fighting games. And they just had them fight each other. It's sort of like a... And it's completely, like, computer-controlled. Oh. So you create an account and you you start betting money, like, who's going to win. It's all fake money. But then they have tournament brackets. Let's see here. Oh. Salty Bet is for purely entertainment purposes. Start with $400 in fictional currency of Salty Bucks that they can be used to trade their bets. Yeah, it's basically like you're you're gambling on the outcomes of simulated Mugen. Oh, sure, yeah. Or Mugen battles, yeah. Yeah, this is basically shmup Mugen, but, um, you know, specifically developed with different, different... planes and ships and things from from various games kind of mashed up together and into one shmup and different stages and locations that are sort of brought together from different games uh title milestones 2 has been announced for nintendo switch compiling 10 arcade archives releases from hamster and that includes kiki kai kai gun frontier and metal black among others uh, pre-orders are available already on Play Asia, and there's a, a, with an expected release date of August 31st. Now, Title Milestones One was an I and I and thing, which is means it was basically falls under the umbrella of Strictly Limited, right? I believe so. Yeah, because Title Milestones One, that game dropped just about as fast as a Ubisoft release. Wow. I was quite surprised. Because you can pick up new copies of that on Amazon for like 20 bucks. Oh. Maybe even less now. <clears throat> so, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm surprised and happy that they're making another one. I just <laughs> hope it sells better than the first one. <clears throat> so, well. yeah, Kiki, Kai Kai, Gun Frontier, Metal Black, I think those are enough headliners that it w- should sell better than the first one. Yeah, the first one was a bit limited in terms of the game selection. And if it's including Metal Black, 
this is hamster, then I'm beginning to wonder why I bought the Archive Archives release. Right. Well, we played it for Shmup Club, so. That's true. At least I didn't buy the um, the uh, what was the Saturn Saturn emulated one. Oh right, the Metal Black S tribute. Yep. Uh, all right, Horror Story will be the non-STG game released on the Toplan Arcade Garage release Zero Fire. Pre-orders for the compilation are already up on Amazon JP and Play Asia. Horror Story. I haven't heard this game back since I played it for the PC Engine, and back then it was still pretty obscure. I think this the Horror Story for the PC Engine is really expensive right now. Is it obviously the game didn't uh, <clears throat> take the world by storm? I didn't even realize it got a PC Engine release. I told you it's pretty obscure. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Horror Story. It's a game where you're playing like the ghosts and goblins and everything, and there are Eastern, but the it's like two Western-looking dudes with you know unlicensed particle <laughs> accelerators on their back. Yeah, so I mean, are going through. So the the protagonists look like um, the guy from Todd's Adventure in Slime World. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like the cheapest price for this is going to be uh, for a copy of this is about one hundred sixty bucks or so, maybe one forty. Ouch! So it's definitely a pricier title on there. And I, I had a lot of fun playing Horror Story for the PC Engine, so it'll be interesting to try the um, the arcade release. Oh, Limited Run Games has jumped into the Psycho Collection fray and are releasing the two. Psycho Shooting Collections as PS4 physicals, and pre-orders are open through May 28th. Yeah, these are pretty cheap. I mean, these are, what, 30 bucks a piece? So for the price of maybe like 10 or 15 more than your standard limited runs in Game Fair, you get two of them. And yeah, the lag on these is a little bit bad. It's not as bad as the Switch versions. And yes, you probably could have bought these somewhere else or played them on Steam by now, but it's nice that, that they are interested in bringing things over, even if it is just a, a little text swap here and a little goo change there. It's something that I'm proud to support and say, hey, bring them over more of this stuff. Right. You know, and just, just you wait, though. And next year they'll release them on PS5. That's, that's the way it goes. It doesn't matter if it's on PS5. PS4, if they can find a way to just reprint it, slap a little new label and get a new version on it, they will. I think NIS America might have already done that. Yeah, I, well, I was just sort of laughing because as everyone was playing um, the latest Star Wars game yesterday, and I saw one lone person playing R-Type Final 3. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking, oh, right, 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 the, you know, what are we going to do here? We'll put all the DLC on one disc. We'll call R-Type Final 3. We get going. And then <clears throat> for the PS6, we'll say we forgot one you know, one of the DLCs, or we'll just add it, and we'll call R-Type Final 4. Huh. I mean, it, it, everything that comes on the PS4 now seems to get it like a PS5 release. <clears throat> just like anything that appeared on the Wii U is making its way to the Switch. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising to anybody that if they can... <laughs> 
you know, anybody who bought The Last of Us, right? You know, that's let's just keep releasing stuff over and over and over again. Right. Which which is fine. I mean, I, more people get a chance to play it. And, and don't, you know, for example, Shimigami Tensei 3 Nocturne. That game got a little pricey on the PS2 for a while, then they reprinted it. And then they made a PS4 and the Switch copy for the remaster. And that that game got so cheap, I it was ten bucks. I when I picked it up from GameStop a couple weeks ago. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I, I get the feeling that we're gonna see a heck of a lot more of these uh, re-release of a re-release coming forward here. You know, everyone goes well. If Nintendo can do it with Super Mario Brothers, why can't we? <laughs> right. Duck Fight, a sausage bomber story by Katsu Games, is now for Xbox. Well, is that NSFR? What's that? Not safe for work. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, it's sort of a. I don't want to say a cute em up, but it definitely has a sort of. Uh, sort of chibi, cute kind of aesthetic to it. Hmm. Well, akin to more of a, like a fantasy zone? Not quite. Um, just, I don't know, not very realistic. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. And to be fair to fantasy zone, despite its cute aesthetic, it has a really dark story at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Xbox version of Never Awake is still in development, but nearly complete, according to the uh, tweet I saw from the developer. There we go. And yeah, more people should play Never Awake. I really like that game. It was very approachable. And I, I think that and even people who don't have almost no experience in Schmoss will get enjoyment out of that game. I'm hoping we can slot that in sometime either this year or next year, but we'll see. Yeah, that'd be good. Bulo Studios Shmup Creator is now at version 1.3.20. I'm not sure if there, what new changes are in for it, but I'm always up for new releases. Yeah, and there's uh, there are some uh, commercial games now coming out that uh, have been have been made with this software. So it's good to see definitely the the fruits of that labor. Uh, there's an original speed option now available in the Total Plan Steam releases. And my understanding from what little I saw on this is that I want to say the, the Steam releases by default run at 60 frames per second uh, to be consistent with, you know, new monitor and, and uh, display technologies. But the original releases like a lot of uh, or like some other arcade games I think run at something like 57 and change frames per second and so this is a an option that you can turn on if you want to do that um, but then uh, you can have the the 60 frames per second or 60 Hertz uh, mode on if you want to avoid any kind of screen tearing you know, I say call me back when you've got ludicrous speed option. <laughs> no, it, it, it's certainly good that they 
give you the option to be as accurate as possible. Yeah. First Print Games is handling Nintendo Switch Physical for the neat shooter Skyracket. Launching May 5th. Heck, that's uh, next week. It's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Weekend. Indeed. Um, Bullet Hell Monday Black is now available on Steam. Oh, not to be confused with Metal Black. Yeah. And uh, for anyone unfamiliar, Bullet Hell Monday is uh, a mobile mobile game, mobile shoot 'em up that uh, is pretty neat. It's got uh, some fun little challenge levels and things like that. And then Bullet Hell Monday Black came out later, and uh, I guess people look at it as sort of like the Black Label version of, of the game. Uh, but now you can actually play it on a non-mobile platform. Or I guess you could play it on a mobile platform if you're playing it on a Steam Deck. You know, I think this is a, them putting a challenge to you. You're going to have to start saying, you know, <clears throat> Bullet Hell Monday. I wish it were Sunday. That's my fun day. It's just another Bullet Hell Monday. <laughs> right. All right, nobody wants to hear me saying it, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> Toho 19, Unfinished Dream of All Living Ghosts, is in development. The trial version will be distributed at the Harukai Shrine Ritatsai on Sunday, May 7th. The trial will include five characters, Rimu, Marissa, Un, Un Nazaren, and Seren, but the full game will have a larger roster. Now, I think that this is also getting a demo on Steam, right, at the same time? I, I believe so. I, the translation on the, on the Toho Project News site was not great. Uh, it mentioned Steam, but it wasn't clear as to whether the demo or the trial was going to drop at the same time. All right, yeah. I think that, though, that for most people, unless you're going to fly out to Japan in order to get a demo, I will... Be looking forward to the, the Steam demo release. Yeah. yeah. The PC Engine soundtrack arrangement of Saivariar Delta has been pressed to CD and is now available to purchase through the Wasi 303 online store. And uh, I'm tempted to grab a copy of this. Now, Saivariar Delta, was that the one that came out by Dispatch before they went... Uh Incognito? Yes. Okay. You know, I, I sort of expect that if uh, Unsolved Mysteries was still go going strong, that Dispatch Games would show up on there. Where's Robert Stack when you need him? Um, should we ask him to come out of retirement? Yes, please. Ginga Force and Natsuki Chronicles are finally shipping from First Press Games, with the combined limited edition still pending. Now, I want to try Nats Natsuki. I've already played it, but I want to sort of slot that in sometime. So, for, for uh, Game of the Month for Natsuki Chronicles, is it, it is a pretty good game. And I don't think that many people have played it, because I think a lot of people skipped the 360 version, and I don't think a lot of people played the PC port. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
it'd be it'd be good either way to to bring more exposure to it and uh, I definitely want to play it as well. And every time I read that the the Natsuki Chronicle, I just that comment that someone put on a review of the game still cracks me up. Natsuki, you are thirteen years old now. Go out there and save the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, the 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 paradigm of Japanese media. Once you become a teenager, oh, you're ready to save the world. Yep. Well, I mean that's what that's what all all the uh, modern day RPGs are, right? <laughs> And by the by the by the time you hit your twenties, you're in Osan <laughs> or an Obasan. But you're, if you're a teenager, you're in your prime years there. Yep. And forget it if you're thirty. Wonder if there's something like a J JRPG or LRPG dog gears. Oh. Uh, Galaga eighty eight is now available through Arcade Archives, and Mazinger Z has been announced as well. With a May 11th scheduled release. Mazinger Z is one of those titles that <clears throat> I would love to do sooner than later because it, A, I think we could get DJ Cycle M1 to play the heck out of the game, and <clears throat> B, it, it's one of these licensed Van Presto games that not a lot of people played because most people were focused on the either the Gundam games or the Sailor Moon. Well, I should say Gundam. Gundam games were a little bit popular, but I think the Dragon Ball Z games and then the Sailor Moon games were the most popular out of all of Ben Presto's arcade releases. This one just sort of fell by the wayside. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's cool that this is happening, though. And uh, even though I think I've heard from some who have played it that it's not a great game, it's still good that it's you know getting back out there again. To be fair, none of the Ban Presto arcade releases... I mean, the Sailor Moon beat-em-up was pretty decent, but nobody exactly went in going, yeah, these um, Dragon Ball Z fighting games are just incredible. No one's ever said that. Right. So it's... Yeah, the only Dragon Ball Z game, the fighting game that I played in the... Okay, that I actually liked was the... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, VR versus and that was the system 32 version that was fun because that was like playing Dragon Ball punch out huh that's that's definitely a fun game but and it had uh, the, the uh, if, if you look it up the there's a special arcade version that I'm not sure if it was just in prototype or if it ever actually saw wide release in Japan but they had like full body activation. It looked like some people were standing inside a, a you know, the Sega Menacer, uh-huh. but not in the Menacer, the um, not the gun, the activator. Oh yeah, the activator. It looks like people are standing inside like an activator circle, and they're like playing Punch Out. It's it, it was definitely a wild time, but it, very unique. Huh. And it, so, oh yeah, what the heck? Let's let's bring that back. Let's bring back the crazy uh, 90s uh, weird activation on here. You're standing inside a, an activator while hitting people using the U-Force. <laughs> we're standing on a roller rocker. Let's go. There you go. The next project from Bikiri Soft will be 
Revolvo Gear Zero and will serve as a sequel to the most recent release, Grace Counter GM. See, there's another one that I have, but I haven't played as Grace Counter GM. Have you had a chance to try it? Uh, just ever so briefly, yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing about Revolve Gear Zero is the other Revolve Gear games that Bikuri Soft has made are horizontal games, whereas, of course, Grey's Counter and Grey's Counter GM are vertical. So it'll be interesting to see that, you know, as a prequel, but in a totally different format. When you say it like that, all I can think of is that Drake meme. You know, one where he's just uh, giving his face no, no. And then he's just smiling and pointing at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where it just says horizontal, vertizontal, vertical. Uh. Yep. At uh, CFE's TZK on Twitter has posted a tweet linking to a blog article dealing, dealing some of the information between Crying, also known as Biohazard Battle. This is the first time there has been any insight into the development or team who worked on the game, since it's largely been unknown for all these years. Yeah, this is yep. very exciting. I saw this on, uh, on Twitter and shared this in the Discord, and uh, I went through and I read a translation of the of the blog post that uh, that CVTZK wrote, and it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, this was actually TZK's first first project, I think, in in uh, any kind of game development or or video game industry capacity, doing testing. And uh, there's not a there's not a ton of information in there about the the team as a whole, but a few nice little nuggets uh, about the game um, and kind of mentioning some of the, some of the team. And, and so definitely worth a read. Yeah, definitely. Uh, TuneCore Japan is now selling the Saivariar 2 soundtrack digitally on several platforms as well as on streaming services. There must be something about Saivariar. It's getting soundtrack releases left and right. Yeah. All right. Twitter user Tremi Rodomi has uploaded to archive.org a collection of wallpapers, minigames, and other materials for Magical Night Dreams Cotton 2 from the Cotton 2 Tenokomori PC release. So... It, it, I guess the best way of describing this is it, it's almost like a cotton to a version of After Dark. Yeah. Right? It's got screensavers, wallpaper, all that stuff is made for... I assume it's made for Windows 98, considering the time frame of this. But Yeah, it, the, the box had a deal on it that says Windows 95 slash 98. Excellent. Yeah, so you can put your themes there. You can change the your icons, wallpaper, maybe the start menu. Everything just tur- turns into um, shoot what the, what the candies on those. Oh yeah. Um, I, I kept wanting to call them waffles. <laughs> um, now I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, but this this uh, from what I understand, this includes essentially all of the art assets within the game. 
So right. that's kind of cool that uh, all that's being preserved somehow. I know. I can't think of it right now. But I'm sure someone's screaming at there. Oh, Willows. Oh, yeah, course. the Willows, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with the little small magician. <laughs> right. Oops. So, <clears throat> those are not candy. All right. Yeah. Uh, C64 shooter Zeta Wing 2 is in development from Sarah Jane Avery, and the first trailer is available now. And uh, Sarah Jane Avery has done some outstanding work on Commodore 64 games and has developed multiple STGs over the last three to five years. And um, so I'm looking forward to anytime I see anytime I see her developing a shmup, I, I'm always interested in seeing, you know, what it's going to look like and, and uh, what um, programming trickery she's going to pull out on the C64. Very nice. Yeah, the C64 is something that you normally don't hear there are a lot of games being developed for anymore. At least I haven't. They're not as mainstream as, say, a Nintendo release or Genesis or something obscure like a Saturn homebrew. Right. Definitely looking forward to that. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, looking forward to... The Irem Collection Volume 1 has been announced and is actually on sale now, which has Image Fight, Image Fight 2, and X Multiply. So include the arcade, Famicom, and PC Engine versions of the original Image Fight, as well as the PC Engine exclusive Image Fight 2. And the arcade release of X Multiply, uh, there will be on the Switch, PS4, and PS5 versions. And there's a physical releasing through In-In Games, which is also strictly limited. Pre-orders have already begun today. And four, inter- four additional collections have been announced with a sort of like a deluxe box set, similar to what you got with the uh, Topland Shooting Collection. Right. Yeah, And I don't know, with Irem Collection, and Volume 2 is going to be more game, more schmops. Uh, oh. I'm trying to... I mean, obviously you have to slot in Spartan X somewhere in there, right? There's got to be like a Spartan X collection, which is also known as Kung Fu here. But uh, the, hopefully no one goes with a um, 10-year fight collection. <laughs> huh. uh, I wonder what else you could fit in there for I, for Irem. Maybe an R-Type collection? Maybe that's what they're going for? Well... But that's sort of, That's more Nintendo, isn't it? I mean, doesn't Nintendo own parts of that at least the first two no and see the thing is um we already got the we already got the uh the r-type dimensions release that had r-type one and two on it which itself got a uh limited edition physical release so unless they decide to repackage that i'm guessing that ship has sailed you know, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if it just becomes another part of, uh, just another add-on. But, it, you know, you never know. It could be something like, here's In the Hunt, and, uh, well, the M92 came out on Mr. Recent, so it's been in the forefront of my mind. But 
I just don't see them doing like Ninja Baseball Batman. Maybe they could do like a Hammer and Harry collection since they're doing that for the the uh, NES games that are coming out via uh, uh, City it's, it's City Connection, right? Who's been doing that? Or am I think no Retrobat. No, it's yeah, it's Retrobat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they do this. I imagine they'll be themed because uh, you know, Volume One is going to be. Image Fight, Image Fight 2, and X Multiply. And they've already stated that for the original game, it's going to have the arcade version, the Famicom or NES version, and the PC Engine version of Image Fight. And of course, Image Fight 2 was PC Engine only, and then X Multiply will be getting the arcade version. They've already teased that Volume 2 is going to be more shmups, so who knows what that looks like. Uh, could be more M72 stuff, could be M82 or M92 stuff. Uh, I mean, I would love to see R-Type Leo. Uh, I would love to see Dragon Breed. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of watch how this develops. Um, but I could also see them doing a sort of action platformer kind of volume as well. Uh, so maybe get Ninja Spirit, Hammer and Harry, and you know something else in there. You know, if if you line up all these titles and then just the cover spells Irem, then I, I guess I might as well have to buy the full set. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Namco. Oh, it doesn't look like Remember that's that how they're going to do it, based on you know what I'm seeing on yeah. Strictly Limited's website. That would have been a neat way to do it with the collector's edition, have it spell Irem. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it doesn't appear that's what they're going to do because each of the boxes is going to say Irem on the side or Irem collection volume yeah. or whatever. It looked like it was blue too. Was that, was that Ron in that? Right, yeah. It's, a, it's rare that you don't have a Switch, um, a, a Switch side label that is red. Right. By six now, they'll be collectible. I just remember the part where they had like a misprint of the um, the Zelda, the um, Darksiders, the first one for the Switch. A, a couple of the, like the so the prints were black on the spine label instead of red, so people were buying them like crazy. Oh yes. Bullet Hell Jam 2023 commences April 28th through May 15th, 2023. Hosted by Harmon, Combage, Wayfarer Games, and Game Dev Boys. And this is open to devs to submit their own quickly developed bullet hell games. And I don't have any more information than that. Apogee founder Scott Miller has posted the question on his Twitter feed as to whether the classic horizontal PC shooter Stargun should get a remake. I think we speak for all of us here when we say yes. Yes, please. Yeah, I've got a soft spot for Star Gunner. So I would like to see more of that. Ashura the Striker from developer and publisher Leftover is slated for a 2023 release and uh, is a Space Harrier style rail shooter with an anime aesthetic. Um, there's been a little bit of buzz about this the last few days, and this looks promising. Is this similar to the uh, one that came out for the Famicom, where like shooting pandas was like attack animal Gaisuken or whatever? What was the name of that? No, this looks legit. 
Oh, all right, I'll have to take a look. Stargonaut, the collaboration between Terry and Games and Master Takahashi Majin, <clears throat> is now slated for a May 25th release on the Japanese Nintendo eShop. The game will feature Ma Master Takahashi as a playable character, as well as four-player competitive Bushin' Mashing minigame. All right. Yeah. You know, it's it's just like with Mario Party. It's all fun and games till someone loses skin from rubbing the controller over and over. Right. Yeah, and um, there's a uh, there's a website up for the game now as well. And if you go uh, to the website, there's footage of the game in action. And I mean. This looks very much like a like a spiritual successor to the to the original Star Soldier games. Um, so it's no wonder that that uh, Master Takahashi is is involved. Um, and of course, it's it's fairly obvious when you watch or play um, several of the Terraran games releases how much of an inspiration the Star Soldier games are. But, I mean, this really leans heavily in that direction and uh, certainly is um, more than a loving tribute, I would say. I want to get the special edition that comes with its its own controller. It helps build up your muscles be you got to get 15, 15 shots per second. Yeah, 15 shots per you second want... to get swole. <laughs> do, do you even mash, bro? <laughs> That's right. Do you even auto-fire, bro? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, let's uh, shout out to our participants for the month of... March of 2023, they are SPM, Pony or Trigon, uh, Duke Togo, Schlarp, Varg, Super Goat, Geriatric Damaku, who I feel got, is get, getting closer and closer to be in my spirit animal every day. <laughs> I, I, I feel your pain, Geriatric Damaku. Uh, Drake Tunston, Zoido, EMP, for Macho, Dingo, Goji Guy, and the Roguish Ham. So, for the month of March of 2023, we played Go for uh, uh, Gradius 2, Go for No Yabu, which is Go for Zambition. Uh, not to be confused with anything to do with hedgehogs or groundhogs or forecasting the weather or anything. This is not Gradius 2 uh, weather forecast, weather simulator. Yeah, it's it's not uh, Gradius 2, Punxsutawney Phil strikes again. Although that would be pretty funny if that were in, <laughs> in say, like Parodius or something. <laughs> 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 the ambition of Punxsutawney Phil. Oh my. Yeah, that would, that would suck though, because then you'd be playing the same stage over and over again and you'd never leave. Well, technically, that was Gradius 3. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's a Hotel California. Welcome to the Hotel Gradius. Oh, yeah. 
Alright, so Gradius 2. <clears throat> Let's talk about it. It was developed and published by Konami in Japanese arcades in March 1988 and European arcades in May 1988, where it was retitled as Vulcan Venture. I don't know why, perhaps they thought that people in Europe would be more akin to Vulcans, you know, live long and prosper, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> the arcade version never got official release in North America. <clears throat> the game was reimagined for the Famicom as released in 1998, uh, sorry, 1988, and utilized Konami's VRC4 chip for enhanced audio and graphics. Yeah, reimagine is an interesting way to put it. It's <clears throat> we'll we'll get to it later, but it certainly shares a lot with other Konami titles. Never there. It's like someone decided, you know, it's almost it's almost like um with the Mambo number five. You know, a little bit of Salamander, a little <laughs> bit of uh, Gradius here. Uh, you know, a little bit of Salamander in my life. <laughs> I like it. Let's use it. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, PC Engine CD release, or CD-ROM-ROM version, came out in 1992, which was much closer to the arcade version, in my opinion, surpasses it. <laughs> it did include new intro cinematics and exclusive new stage, also known as Stage X. I don't know what it is, but whenever you name stuff with this X at the end, it seems to add that coolness factor. Right. I mean, if it worked for Speed Racer, it seems to work here too, right? Sure, why not? Racer X. An American release was planned through TTI, but never materialized. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to that with our uh, next month's game as we talk about that in, what, two hours here? <laughs> <laughs> but but it seems like so much more could have gone through, through TTI had it uh, <clears throat> survived. It was a real shame that... The, the PC Engine CD or the Turbo Graphics died as quick as it did. I, I would have loved to see a lot of the stuff come stateside. Absolutely. The Gradius Deluxe packs released on the Sega Saturn, Sony PlayStation, and Windows from 1996, including the arcade version of Gradius 2, but only in Japan. <clears throat> yeah, the. I think that. The Saturn for instance, is pretty good. The Windows version I haven't tried, but I, I think the PlayStation version is where it's at, right? Because of the native resolution on the 240p. Oh, that's the Saturn. Be. Well, well, the Saturn has a. <clears throat> the PlayStation can render at a lower resolution than the Saturn. <clears throat> right, we saw that with uh, Dracula X. Oh, right. Or Symphony of the Night. That was part of the reason why that looked a little stretched on the Saturn. So a lot of the arcade games look better on the play, especially a lot of the older arcade games, like the MSX collections, look proper on the PlayStation as opposed to the Saturn ports. Huh. The Windows one, I don't know, but I'm not going to try whatever uh, voodoo and technical wizardry will require to resurrect that one. Yeah, right. So Gradius 2 finally saw a North American release on the Gradius Collection for the PSP, released in 2006. The PC Engine version later released on the Wii Shop in 2008. And I think that's pretty telling, that instead of the arcade release, they released the PC Engine CD. 
as far as to which one they consider the definitive release. Right, at least on the Wii eShop. Hey, the Wii eShop. You know how much good stuff was released on there? There was that, they released um, Dracula Chronicles the first time there. Hudson was on fire during that time. Oh, yeah. Not to mention the uh, hot jams that are the, that is the Wii Shop music. Too late, it's already playing in my head. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so the game is now available via the Arcade Archives on PS4 as of 2016 and the Nintendo Switch as of 2020. <clears throat> it's included in the Arcade Classics Anniversary Collection release. It's also including the PC Engine Core Graphics, Turbo Graphics, and the mini consoles. So, two years ago, the planet Gradius was suddenly attacked by that Bacterian invasion fleet. On the brink of defeat, Gradius launched his last hope, the hyperspace fighter Vic Viper. The Vic Viper dove deep into the heart of the enemy forces, destroyed the Bacterian stronghold, Zarius forces fortress and brought victory to Gradius, but now the Bacterian menace is threatening again the planet Gradius. This time, the attack is led by a new enemy, a special unit known as Gopher. Gradius forces look again to the saver, the Vic Viper, to save them from annihilation. You know, uh, if you I think if you caught to someone and says, you got the Gophers are coming, beware. People will probably look at you with confused face. Like we got to stop from gophers. Oh man, I yeah, it, it's it's a little bit a little bit on the wacky side, but it, as far as this from up story, it's pretty grounded. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty basic. Yeah, I mean it, it's be and so is the scoring system. But we, we, if for for a storyline of service, well, and get you going on there. I don't think that uh, Schmuss of this this time really needed to have huge stories or anything on there. It was just a he, here's your reason to go shoot these things. Go have fun. Yep. So Gradius Two pushed the series forward with new innovations such as adding the force field choice as well as several pre-configured weapon loadouts. Yeah, the force field. Uh, is the first in here that gives you three hits before you run into trouble and uh, for the f- allowed you, uh, though I don't think this is intentional, for the first time if you had enough speed to go straight through walls. Oh. Which is, is sort of first in grade. It, but the other thing with the force field is it also increases the size of your hitbox. Big time. Yeah, more, uh, more so than you might think. But regardless of that, Having the ability to be blocked from everything is, I think, Gradius 2, even more so than the original Gradius, you have to be aware of, of things coming from all sorts of directions, right? It's a game where you're going to make a lot more use of that double shot than you ever did in the first game. Yeah, well, it's a lot more useful, I think, in the in the sequel. Yeah, definitely. It's it's also the first game to have the notorious option hunter, which is it's sort of almost 
looks like it came out as a rejected R-type enemy, right? <laughs> He's got this very Geiger-esque sort of like alien facehugger type uh, <clears throat> body on there with his tail that just swishes back and forth. It also introduced both the boss rush stage and the speed stage, but I, I, I'm going to say that technically... You know, technically here, um, the speed rush stage started in scramble. Well, okay, but it it introduced the speed stage to the Gradius series. Oh, fair enough. So, welcome to pain. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you could say sure scramble way. is actually part of the Gradius series, <laughs> right? But yeah. <laughs> Either way, yeah, it definitely introduced a lot of first on here. I think that let's see, force field was on there, options, and I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more. I mean, this is more of the Famicom version, not the actual arcade. <clears throat> but the the Famicom version, first time I, I, and I think the only time you've seen the console port allow you to, unless you want to call the MSX a console, I guess, but. <laughs> The only time it allowed you to power up twice. Oh. I don't think this Gradius Galaxies allow you to power up twice. I... Oh. Not that I recall. I, I thought that was more like an MSX, like a Nemesis. You know, Nemesis 1, Nemesis 2. Yeah, Gradius Gaiden I... does. Well, the Gaiden's a home port, right? So, you know, there's maybe foreshadowing the... But... All right, everyone just take a break. Let's all go play Gradius Gaiden. Now it's been mentioned here. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we play that game. I'll just... <clears throat> In fact, that's it. 2024, the game that we're all playing for the year is going to be gra- our yearly challenge, Gradius Gaiden. Oh, my. <laughs> keep on playing. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into the gameplay a little bit here. Um, so... Like the original game, it's three buttons. You have one button that fires your primary weapon. You have one button to fire your secondary weapon or missiles. And then you have one button to activate the selected power-up along the power meter at the bottom of the screen. And in the arcade version, at least, technically you have a sort of auto-fire, but the fire rate is incredibly slow. Um, So... Unless you're playing on the Arcade Archives version, or you're playing in in MAME with a, um, you know, with an autofire enabled or something like that, you're you're definitely going to need to flutter the buttons to get uh, a faster fire rate. And like the rest of the Gradius series, you collect the power capsules, and then that moves the selector on the power meter at the bottom by one space for each capsule that you collect and then you can activate the desired power up once that's been highlighted and then that resets the bar and until you start collecting more capsules radius 2 introduces the idea of having varying weapon loadouts Uh, and so this is a, a first for the series as well and so there there are four different configurations to choose from Uh, You always have speed up and options available to you, um, and then the uh, shield or force field option, but 
Uh, option one or uh, loadout one is missile, double, and laser. Uh-uh. Loadout two is spread bomb, tail gun, and laser. Loadout three is photon torpedo, double, and then the pulse or ripple laser. And then loadout four is two-way missile, tail gun, and the pulse or ripple laser. So which one did you use? I was primarily a type four. And I think that tended to be what most folks went with. Um, an argument could be made to go with laser, uh, with loadout one because of the double and the laser. Um, I, I find that, I find that I really like the two way missile and the coverage that it offers. Um, and the laser, the, the laser is a little bit harder to use because if you're, if you use laser with rapid fire, then, uh, you, you get a weird phenomenon that is much more like the laser on the NES version of the original Gradius. And is it, or like Contra, right? Very similar to the way the Contra works. Yeah. So it's not all that useful. Um, or you just have to know to go back and forth between rapid fire and non-rapid fire because you, you definitely don't want to be using rapid fire with the laser. Um, but then... Yeah, it, it sort of puts it out like in front, like almost like a... Like think of it as you're jousting with a lance or something, is it? You're trying on there because it it, st it stays a little bit in front of your ship, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to be able to turn your auto fire on and off. And I experienced some of that messing with the PC Engine CD version. To be fair, with the PC Engine CD version, it's sort of fun because you just flip the switch off. It's a you sort of pretend we're gonna go full throttle now, and then you just flip the switches down. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, out of all the consoles, the PC Engine controller is the most fun to mess with auto fire. Uh, right. There, there's a reason why that ASCII pad, <clears throat> that one that has, uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? The one with all the different color buttons that uses the uh, Super Famicom button color scheme. Yep. Yep, there's a reason why that is so popular and so beloved. It's got the same type of switches for everything on there, and it's still the same shape. Oh, yeah. Man, I love that controller. All right. Um, as mentioned before, you now have two different defensive capabilities. You have the standard shield, which was introduced in the first game, where you've got a pair of front-facing shields that can take multiple hits, but, of course, only protect the Vic Viper from frontal assaults. And new to Gradius 2 is the Force Field, which only takes three hits, but completely surrounds your ship. Uh, it does make the overall hitbox larger, however, uh, somewhat diminishing its usefulness. Yeah, but I, I would have to argue that the Force Field is definitely worth it because so much of this game come, seems to uh, approach from either above or below or approach from the back. Especially the, the Crystal Core. <laughs> if you, you played Gradius 1, I'm sure that was a surprise for many players. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
The game plays, uh, plays out across eight stages, and then it loops infinitely, as far as I'm aware. And so you've got uh, stage one is Artificial Sun, and the boss is the Phoenix. Um, and the uh, stage one music is Burning Heat. You've got stage two, which is called Alien. Oh, sorry, I want to talk really quickly about these stages here. <laughs> Stage one is probably one of the most memorable stages of any Gradius game, right? You start with the these flaming suns and there, and the dragons come out of this, and you're also being hit with these fireballs. It's really a neat effect. And then you, in I know in the Famicom version, you end up with having to deal with solar flares in there, but I don't. I can't think of any solar flares that actually come out within the. Uh, Arcade version. Just little mini ones for visual effect. <laughs> yeah, these, but in, in the uh, Famicom version, they they put you through an entire barrage of them. Yeah, very salamander. <laughs> in fact, uh, it's funny as it is, you, you could call that uh, stage one is probably the hardest stage of the Famicom version. Probably so, uh, yeah. <laughs> to get through that, but I mean, just the fact that they're able to recreate it as well as they could on the Famicom is pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, stage two with the, uh, as you mentioned, with the alien stage or with the music that plays synthetic life, really feels like someone just said, "We got these leftover assets from Contra. What do you want to do?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very Geigerass. It's very R-type looking, right? You've you got all these skulls on here. You've got the that webbing that has been changed from the pink that you saw in Life Force is now is gray. And there, you come up across your first dead end, right? If if instead if you go to the t upper path, it's a dead end. You die. Where the lower path <clears throat> allows you to follow through. And la later on, you end up with these things that look sort of like face huggers. But in the Famicom version, they really are the the aliens from Contra. Oh, yeah. They're just reused sprites. And especially with the same Contra sound effects thrown out, really makes you feel like, did, am I playing uh, a YY World game here? What's going on? Huh. Yeah. And then you run into that uh, the boss... The big eye, and, and the big eye throw it primarily just throws rocks at you, right? And then there's what is like some claws or something at the side of it, right? So it, it, I mean, it's not like a really tough boss on there. Navigating through the stage is a little bit dark. Is there anything that stuck out as memorable to you on this stage? Shooting me, eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then shoot the head on the previous one, yeah. <clears throat> Again, the Famicom version sticks out because after you defeat the big eye, this skull just pops out and starts bouncing across the screen. Yeah. Yeah, an interesting the, um, sort of bonus addition with the Famicom. And, and uh, that thing will crush you the first time you play is you keep thinking, it's going to stop, it's going to stop. No, no, it just keeps on going. Until yep. <laughs> you hide in the upper left-hand corner there for a second. But, yeah, that was pretty much a surprise. 
Here and then it. Uh, stage three, the uh, the the bubbles, the precursor to the bubble stage <laughs> in Gradius three. Yeah, the crystal stage. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The so the stage is called Crystal, the boss is called Crystal Core, and the music is called Crystal World. I sense a theme here. <laughs> and sponsored by Crystal Pepsi. No. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the the crystal is hard because it, 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 the stage is hard. Is the it takes a lot to break apart those chunk those crystal chunks, and there's a part about I think it's about two thirds of the way through or maybe halfway through, where if you die at the checkpoint, it's all and you've got your pea shooter, it's almost impossible to have enough shots to break them up, even with full auto fire. Yeah, and and there was some discussion about that in the Discord. Um, you know, the, the, the fact of you almost want to then not shoot anything so that you're not breaking them apart and just kind of try to weave your way through them. But even that is, wow, very, very difficult to do. Yeah. And the, there's a part in there where there have got pieces you can't destroy. I think it's probably about three-fourths of the way through or, or near 75% through near the end where they're just random when they bounce into each other. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about the crystal stage that I think is the most frustrating. The thing about the, the bubble stage in Gradius three is as frustrating as that stage is, I feel like the physics that they implemented for that, makes sense there's some degree of logic to them whereas in the crystal stage when the crystals run into one another and then sort of ricochet off in other directions there doesn't seem to be a lot of of it, it doesn't make sense i guess there's not much logic behind it so it appears to be very arbitrary and very random uh which of course can can be frustrating yeah, and definitely the uh, Famicom version is certainly making it uh, a lot easier because anytime you start destroying stuff, you trigger slowdown mode. Yeah, and boy, does it slow down on there! I mean, it's still technically impressive, but it's if you just have like the ripple laser on there and you just hold down auto fire, there eh, time to stop. It's almost like Matrix time. Oh yeah. Well, the PC Engine CD version is is similar in that regard. Um, but technically, though, the Crystal is stage four in the Famicom version. Is they they make it right after you finish with the big guy in Skull in the Famicom version, it takes you directly to Volcano Stage or Stage Four, right? Which is sort of a bit of a change there, right? Yeah, it's a little um, odd. Yeah. So, well, speaking of volcano, yeah, the volcano, yeah, yes, that's stage four is volcano, uh, and then you've got death mark two as the boss and a way out of the difficulty as the music. Yeah, the it's basically almost a rehash of stage one of Gradius one, right? Well, I think I mean I think it's more a rehash of stage uh, three, if I remember correctly. Three, okay. Yeah, I could give you stage three. 
I mean, it definitely has more volcanoes per capita. Maybe more volcanoes per capita than a Hawaiian island, but... This stage, it, it, uh, to me, was sort of the early wall. Um, mm. The crystal stage, I, I felt like, as long as you're powered up and you're paying attention, the crystal stage is is relatively doable. But stage four, the volcano stage, is where things begin to get dicey. Because you have a lot of enemies that... Uh, come into the stage very quickly and they can flood the screen with bullets very quickly. Uh, right. And I could understand this is the part of the, where you want to switch into your, or at least have your double missile and that you're going to need some way to hit enemies above you. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff is, is on the ceiling. So you're going to need either the missile and it goes both ways or you're, you're going to need the two way shot. Right. Yeah. Now, one thing that I did find interesting about this stage is there There seems to be the final checkpoint of this stage. There's actually a way to sort of cheese it where if you can get through the first portion of that final checkpoint, then as you near the end of the stage, you can actually move the Vic Viper up to the front of the screen and everything will be firing at you. Um, but you can sort of almost like kiting the bullets along, but they'll miss you. And, um, and then as you pass through the two volcanoes, uh, one on the ceiling and one on the floor, then all of these bullets are sort of just hitting that top volcano from the turrets and other enemies above. And they're not actually passing through and getting to you. So, it's a it's an interesting strategy, but you kind of have to stay literally front and center, all the way to the right side of the screen, and horizontally, uh, vertically centered, and uh, it's an odd way to deal with it. But it was something I sort of discovered by accident when I was playing, and it and it works in hmm. both the arcade and PC Engine versions. If you have to recover from that checkpoint. And even if you're not recovering it, but if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're not taking out enough stuff, that is a way that you can kind of get through that spot um, a bit more consistently, I guess. Interesting. Then thanks for sharing. I, yeah. I, on the, <laughs> funnily enough, the Famicom version again makes this stage a little bit, Compared to the arcade version and the PC Engine version, it's a joke. Because the Famicom version, not only do you have the slowdown that helps you on here, the volcanoes, you can just destroy them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an interesting um, an interesting sort of concession for the, for the Famicom version. I don't know if they did that because they felt like it would be a way to balance the game. Or if it was a way that they could uh, limit the number of sprites on screen by giving the player the ability to to destroy the the uh, volcanoes and and stop them from shooting. I don't know. It's it's a weird uh, it's a weird change. Yeah, it definitely is. And 
And it's not the only change on that stage. At <laughs> the very end of the stage, there's no boss. Oh, that's right. It, it just go, automatically just goes, oh, okay, here's the crystal stage. When <laughs> you pass it through in, in the... Fa- but I, I don't think that they found a way to get the Death Mark II inside of the... Uh, anyway, to, to make it animate well within the Famicom version. Right. Is the uh, Death Mark II and the arcade and the PC Engine version... <clears throat> there's a lot going on with it. Not only does it shoot, but it also shoots out these... Sort of like medium-sized missiles. Yep. In the arcade version, I was they it was weird. They, someone was playing on the I think it was the PC Engine version. They were playing on Expert or Professional, and they started like wiggling after they were shot out. They go on like the higher the difficulty went, the less of the space there was in between the missiles that were shot out, and then two of the missiles would just start randomly wiggling at certain spots. Oh. Weird, but uh, maybe they couldn't get the wiggle in, and when somebody just, producer just says, if you can't make them wiggle, no. <laughs> yeah, so stage five is, uh, is the Revenge of Moai. And so it's, in this, uh, in this stage, you actually sort of have two bosses, You've got the jumping Moai, and then you've got the big Moai. And the, the jumping Moai um, actually gives you multiple floating jumping Moai heads that come at you, spitting out a ton of of the uh, nuclear Cheerios, if you will. Um, and, you know, you just shoot those in the mouth in order to destroy them like you do with the regular Moai. But then the big Moai at the end, you have these three Moai faces that are on the the ground, on the ceiling, and sort of at the back of the screen that um, that you have to to shoot. And and each one of those <laughs> uh, will spit out, I think, five mini Moai heads. And these mini Moai heads will all shoot these mini ring lasers at you. So it's all very meta. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting. And uh, this is one spot that presents a little bit of a scoring milk in the game. Uh, you know, I, I have to say first... Here, if Konami made a game called Gradius Gaiden Revenge of the Moai, I would buy it and play it. I don't care. <laughs> 70 bucks. I'm there. There you go. <clears throat> now, there actually is a uh, Famicom game where you play as a Moai. I think it's called Moai-kun, but it's more of a platformer. A, plat- a puzzle platformer. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, But I, I would totally play a game where Gradius Gaiden Revenge of the Moai. Anyways... Uh, the jumping Moai, the big Moai, and the old stone, it sort of does a little bit of a trickery, right? You start out the stage playing the old Stone Age. It's gone. The music's a little calm, and stuff is moving slowly, but then it turns into angry Moai, right? Then it starts the music starts speeding up. Right. And gets harder and plays the old Stone Age 2, and the Moai turn red. And start firing more at you. I think it's probably what, maybe half to three quarters of the way through the stage. And anything that w- was normally just sort of lying down 
the heads will start popping up and trying to attack you. Yeah. I I like this aspect of this stage. I feel like it adds a more more of a an element of danger. But but the thing that I like most about it is I actually think it's more well balanced than the original Moai stage. I feel like Gradius 1's Moai stage, because of the limited arsenal that you're given, can be difficult to navigate. Whereas this, even though you get the angry Moai that shoot more, more rings at you and all of that, if you're powered up, I feel like it's more approachable than the original. <clears throat> yeah, the the thing about there's two things that come to mind when you think about this stage, right? One is uh, maximum scoring potential, right? Because th there's not really much to this game because it is an easy shmup, so it's going to be about wh whatever flies at you, shoot it, and the more you shoot, the bigger your score, right? Yep. I I I mean I I should probably thought, since we'll go back to scoring here, but. Technically, stage one is a huge scoring opportunity because of the dragons, and you get 300,000 for the, each dragon you defeat. So depending upon how many dragons you're able to milk, the score can be a lot higher. But for the most part, stage five is where most people get their milking on. Right. So 3,000, uh, 3, not 300,000. Oh, I'm sorry, 3,000. I would like 300,000. All right. But anyway, 3,000. So, yeah, th there are two spots where people milk. One is with the jumping moe, right? People wait for them to shoot out those little heads that shoot the bubbles, and then they'll kill the bubbles. And they'll repeat that indefinitely. There were, are three board revisions that address this, right? There's one where you get points for it, and it just goes on indefinitely. There's one where you don't get points, and they time out. And then there's one where you do get points, but they still time out. Mm. And that's with probably the, the most recent revision. Yeah. <clears throat> and then with the Moai heads themselves, when you're fighting the end boss, the three of them, you can get a lot of milking in there on the arcade version, but it's a lot harder to do on the PC engine and extremely hard to do on the Famicom version, where is this the space is constricted on the screen. Actually, so you're more likely to bomb, right? Actually, I found that on the Famicom version, uh, mm -hmm. I was able to milk quite a bit. Um, oh, I ended up just killing it so uh, fast. <clears throat> you have more control than I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to go for quite a while. Which was kind of fun. Although with the Famicom version, it sort of felt like it was getting a little bit of the Michael Bay effect. Just everything was exploding all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it, um, after mm -hmm. after this point, if you're playing the PC Engine version, then you get the EX stage, which is known as Temple. Um, and the boss is the Desert Core, and the music that plays is Deprived Sanctity. Um, this is an interesting stage. It, it doesn't feel all that gradius to me, but I kind of like how it changes things up a little bit with some of the environmental hazards and sort of making the routing through the stage, perhaps, a 
a bit more, I don't know, restrictive? I guess maybe that's the way to put it. Yeah, it's very tight corners on everything. In fact, there's a special section on there that I'm sure you can talk about in just a second. But you got these pillars, right? And as soon as you pass... Was it you shoot them or you pass under them? I think there's two conditions for them. They will try and crush you. <laughs> yeah, these the pillars. Um, either, either it's a, a specific point where the screen scrolls, and it's combined with your proximity to the pillar. And so, with some of them, you can pass pass by them, and then they'll go. Or if you wait long enough and the screen scrolls enough when you're in proximity, then they'll then they'll go. And then it's also got a spot in between. Uh, do you know where it splits it in a path, right? You got a lower path and an upper path. Right. And then have you tried the lower path? Um, I don't think so. I think I, I stayed okay. upper path. Yeah, if so, basically the lower path, it, it, it's like it, it's almost like the ending of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> you're having in this canyon. I mean, it's very tight quarters, extremely tight quarters, where you're having to navigate through. But if you make it through, I think it either says "Oh yeah" or it says "Awesome" and gives you five lives for doing it. Oh wow! So yeah, it, it, it's it's extremely hard to do. It's very precision maneuvering but you can't get five lives out of it more often than not you'll probably just end up dying interesting but yeah the the boss of the EX stage is pretty neat the desert core it reminded me a lot of the uh, the crystal core a little bit and the desert core to me feels like a like a precursor um, or you know big inspiration for the stage two boss in Gradius Gaiden. There we go. Now everyone go stop and play Gradius Gaiden. <laughs> yeah, I mean definitely you you can see with all the extra features on here with the extra stage and the soundtrack and all of the features that are left and with the new intros on there. In fact, the uh, PC Engine CD also has an extended ending. I mean, it's not amazing or anything, but it still has an extended ending over the arcade version if you play on the highest difficulty. Right. So it's definitely worth tracking now. I can see why people uh, consider it so highly. Oh, yeah. And then we move on to uh, stage six in the arcade version, the high-speed maze with the big core Mark II as the boss and maximum speed as the music. And as I have lamented on this podcast many times, I am not a fan of speed trap stages. Uh, I will say, however, that this one is not overly long and once you memorize the sequence as long as you can get yourself a couple of speed ups it's doable um so i feel like at least in that sense it's reasonably fair um 
But yeah, if you have no idea what you're doing when you get there, chances are good that you're going to die unless you have a lot of speed. Yeah, I, I think someone mentioned at one point that you need at least two speed in order to get through this, and I, I wouldn't be inclined to agree on that. Yeah, you need at least two. The Now, again, we're here, we're going to deviate. Because stage six in the Famicom version is not the speed trap stage. It is the boss rush stage. Right. Which is where, because you start with a Zubrush, or basically the popcorn rush that has some of there. Then you start with a big core mark one. And then it goes full salamander. <laughs> it goes with the uh, salamander brain, which is also in the boss rush for the arcade version. But and then it goes with the tetron core, which is interesting. And we'll discuss this in a second. But the, the tetron core was a core that you fought in the first vertical stage of salamander. So stage two of salamander. Yep. It's the one with the lawn arms that go around. And I, I usually kill it pretty quickly. But I've heard that if you allow, give it time, it the arms will just start spinning around faster and faster, like a buzzsaw. Huh. And then in the Famicom version, the third boss is the end boss from Salamander, which is a sort of like big eye planet looking type thing, which is really weird. Yeah, it is very weird. And then the then the final boss is the covered core, which is in line, but the the patterns are simpler for yeah, it's a little weird, but I see why they couldn't include the Death Mark One from the arcade version as well as the intruder or the dragons. Right. And here it's just pretty hard to do. I mean there's only room for one dra- one type of dragon in the Famicom version. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's sort of weird that they sort of switched out the stages like this, with the stage six being the boss rush and the stage seven being the speed trap. And even with stage seven, stage seven sort of takes like parts of the arcade stage six and stage eight and mixes them together. It's sort of weird <laughs> it's its own thing it's a remix but as far as yeah the high speed amazon the big core mark two is isn't too bad that just get making through the maze itself is the biggest hurdle for sure um so then of course stage seven in the arcade version you have the boss rush and as mentioned, that's the Big Core Mark I from the original Gradius, the Golem and the Tetron from uh, Salamander, the Gaw, and then the Intruder, and the Covered Core. And as you go through this, there are, there are three different pieces of music. Uh, you have Aircraft Carrier, you have Poison of Snake, and you have Fire Dragon. So it gives you a sense of progression as you go through the, the different bosses. No white snake? There you go, poison snake? Is that a cover band? <laughs> uh, are these shmups <laughs> that I'm playing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, one of the interesting notes here is the Big Core Mark One. In the previous games, it would just sort of like move up and down and shoot lasers. 
This one is definitely aggressive for two things, right? It, it tries to ram you, and then the other part is it has the uh, spread shot. Yep. Which I'm sure is taking many players by surprise. Yeah, new tricks up its sleeve, that's for sure. Uh, and then finally, with stage eight, you have the gopher ship interior. Um, which has uh, three boss fights, essentially. Demos, uh, the crab, and then gopher itself. And again, you have three three music tracks into hostile ship shoot and shoot and the final enemy and in uh, gradius typical gradius series fashion uh the the gopher fight is pretty much a non non-event where gopher is just sort of hanging out and you're you're shooting gopher um and it's not really attacking you and so it's somewhat anticlimactic but it's a it's a gradius series staple now am i thinking wrong on this but i think this gophers of us where if you sit long enough he will shoot you with something and it will make you go through like a miniature level of gradius gradius one level one in order to get back to him i i think you might be right um, I never got that far when I was playing, but I think you might be right. But I, I mean, most people would have killed him by then. It's not like it's that hard to do, but it's, I, I think if, if you wait, he will actually uh, like trap, warp you or something to get you out of there. Yeah. Something the, like that. The, yeah. The, um, go for ship interior is... Very well. You got the uh, this is one with the with the wall core, right? And then you got the tiles, right? Where things are. I mean, those tiles can take a lot of hits, but uh, the wall core itself can be a little bit of a, pro little bit of a problem. That every time I, I th at first I thought, gee, this this is taking off from Thunder Force, but Thunder Force Four, but nope, uh, Gradius Two did it first. <clears throat> the you basically have the turrets on the side, and then you got to destroy the one in the middle by whittling down the gates or the protection, just like you would do with a big core mark one. <clears throat> but for the most part, you're just going to be parking your options and then whittling it down. So it's it's not too hard. The spider in the arcade version, as far as I know, the PC engine version. Every time I hear the music, though, I think of that go-go dancer that walks back and forth. <laughs> As I'm sure most people do, but the uh, from Parodius, but the the spider, I don't think you can kill it in the PC Engine and the arcade version. Am I right on that? I don't know about that. You can in the Famicom version, right? The Famicom version, it almost forces you to right. It's got a it's got a gem in the middle of your head, and it's got that contra sound from when you're you're hitting stuff in the fortress. The ding 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 ding, ding. right. And when you destroy it, you get a lot of lives out of it. <laughs> sure. And then, then the gopher stage itself, it almost turns into like a Salamander 3 stage. It gets really weird because everything starts 
It's like playing the first stage of Salamander for the Famicom or NES. Everything organic is there. You've got all the parasites that are there within the first stage of Salamander. You've got that sort of organic tissue, that webbing that's there. And then it starts doing like the, the flames that you saw earlier in the stage one of the Famicom, the solar flares, but they're organic. It almost looks like ground beef <laughs> shooting up through the uh, through the the wall and making waves. Huh. It's a really weird effect. And then the, the gopher fight in the PC Engine and the arcade version, you're basically shooting the top of them, right? You're shooting the little veins or the the structure, the ropes or vines or whatever the tissue up at the top. After he goes, I am the most powerful being, and you shoot him and destroy him. But in the uh, Famicom version, you, I'm not sure. Did you get that far, or did you no, but have a I chance watched, to see what he does? I watched a video of it, and it actually sh- Gopher actually shoots these bubbles at you. Yeah, it's very contrast, right? He, he just he sh- starts blowing bubbles, <laughs> like glowing bubbles. Yeah. Again, uh, like a contra nod, and you, you have to do, keep destroying it. It's quite it's quite different. It's not so much of a pushover. No, not not so much. But the the endings are about the same, at least on on the arcade and the uh, Famicom version. Right, it shows the the Vic Viper heading back to the planet Gradius. Yep. But if you play on the PC Engine version, you can play on the uh, professional difficulty, and when. It sort of it gives like sort of like a neat little flyby as you're flying through the wreckage as you're going back through each stage, and then it shows you going down to Planet Gradius. That's a little bit of a nice touch, you know, a little extra there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. You know, I can't think of anything else that may have been changed aside from it, 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 the Famicom version is almost feels like so, like they had leftover stuff from uh, Salamander 3. Or, sorry, Salamander 2 for the, the Famicom and just decided to throw it into Gradius 2. I think that was the last NES game that came out, or the last uh, in this trilogy that came out, right? You had Gradius, Salamander, and Gradius 2. Right. Those were all, all for their... And in some weird ways, the Famicom version is more resembles the MSX stuff. We talked about this earlier, right? With Nemesis, Nemesis 2, and the fact that you, the MSX versions, you could power up twice. And I, I think that I do the weird. I'm not sure if you noticed with the options within the Famicom version. Is by the time you get your fourth option, the option hunter comes after you, right? In the arcade and the PC engine. Uh huh. That's why you don't do it in the Moai stage, and you why you do it at the very start of the uh, volcano stage. But the uh, Famicom version, I don't think it does anything until you get that second level. You can have four options, but then you got to hit the option button again. And all they do is just start circling you, which is sort of dumb, but I think that was a requirement to get the Option Hunter activated in the Famicom version. Oh, interesting. 
it, it, it's definitely its own thing and worth people trying out in the mister for for that but if you want the the author uh, author intended version I would say probably go with the PC engine version because at that point they add and stuff although the arcade version definitely does have its sort of unique charm with the being like the original work right I, I wouldn't quite call call make a comparison to like Star Wars versus Star Wars special editions because you know you can make a good argument there that they're actually the special editions are worse but uh, it, it's uh, but it, it feels like they finally were able to with the PC engine version to finish what they had originally wanted to do with the arcade release yeah that makes sense um yeah, the PC Engine version, I, I feel like, is is more balanced, and um, I, I generally like the way it plays. Yeah, definitely the same here. I'm glad that they included on on anything that to include the words uh, graphics and mini. <laughs> huh. So, I'm talking about the graphics here. Let's talk on. I, I think that they are a definite improvement over the original. There's more detail. There's more going on. There's bigger sprites. You know, as when people think Gradius here, the, uh, I would say that the stage one of Gradius two is very iconic and, and very well known. Right? It's one of the things when you think someone says Gradius to you that you think about. Right. Uh, uh, the boss designs themselves are interesting and more varied. You know, it's, it's not like they're recycling a big core mark one all the time. So, definitely a notch up on there. And you could see a lot of what ideas of what would become Gradius 3. What about you? What are your thoughts on the graphics? Yeah, I was definitely glad to see that they that the locations were more varied that there's there was more uh, just more variety overall and of course with the bosses the fact that the bosses themselves were also um, a lot more interesting and not just constantly rehashing the big core mark too but that uh that each stage had at least one unique boss to it so that was a that was a nice touch and uh, a nice progression for the game moving on to the sound here uh there's definitely more variety in the soundtrack as well overall than than what was in the original game I feel like the compositions are stronger uh, overall and um, burning heat I'm wondering the 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 stage one music is that is that the best stage one music in the Gradius series I wonder Best stage one, possibly. I mean, I haven't put a lot of time in Gradius Four, so I can't say for certain. But it's certainly a strong contender. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it 
I think it's it's a strong possibility. Um, I like the fact that the the sound effects in the game are similar to that of the first game, so they feel familiar. But it does feel like they're expanded upon. Uh, obviously, there is new sound effects for the for the ripple laser and things like that, and uh, the proton bombs and some of this other stuff that are new additions and 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 the fact that they use voices in the game the voice samples in the game are are a nice touch although some of them sound uh, uh, are a little bit maybe more in line with the NES version of Ghostbusters <laughs> than, than someone like Ghostbusters no one's like what are they saying Ghostbusters well and of course the PC Engine CD version actually takes a lot of these voice samples and uses the original clean versions of them rather than the downsampled versions that ended up on the PCP. So the PC Engine CD version sounds a lot better because the voice samples are not are not so uh, downscaled that they become a scratchy mess. So you hear things like the like the crystal stage boss saying, You shall be crushed. And that kind of a thing. So that's always uh, a nice touch. Oh, shoot, you just remind me of something that's completely random, but alright, cool. Sorry. <laughs> you reminded me that I was thinking you shall be crushed and I thought of seven uh, eleven and I thought of Slurpees because today is bring your own cup day. You can bring anything you want and you get it filled it up for a Slurpee of the same price. Huh. I just see Zag. I was picturing Zag going in earlier with like a, a huge bucket, a Home Depot bucket. <laughs> Fill her up. Sorry, that was random. <laughs> uh, but, then, uh, but then, of course, the Famicom version with the VRC4 chip also has improvements in that area. And... Surprisingly enough, the Famicom version has voice samples. They're they're very low in the mix, so they're a little quiet, but they're but they are present and impressive. Yeah, the voice sample is definitely surprising. The other thing that surprised me with the Famicom version was how much again it felt like I'm paying contra because a lot of the contra music was was the contra sound effects were reused. So it was a little bit of a nostalgia hit, but at the same time, it made me sort of want to go, I want to play Contra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, no matter what you choose, the music on on a Konami game is is almost always hot jams. Pretty much. All right, so let's talk about scoring. So the uh, Fire Rocks and Flame Serpents on stage one can be milked up to a point. And the Fire Rocks, if I remember correctly, every eighth one gives you a power-up. I think it's every sixth one. Oh. Okay, well, somewhere in that range. <laughs> the uh, Moai laser rains can also be milked, which we talked about earlier. <laughs> the mini Moai during the boss fight can be milked for a point endless in the Famicom version. And uh, as you talked about, I'm sure that you had uh, 99,999,995 points from that <laughs> not quite the lava I, I did milk <laughs> for a while 
the lava rocks from the volcanoes give score and there are no score from power-up capsules correct yeah, that, that's something that would be implemented in, in some later Gradius games but in uh, the first few it was not a thing yeah I mean, as we mentioned earlier for the most part with the game, this type of game and this type of game of this era it's all about you know shoot enemies get points so you want to shoot as much as you can and that leads you into milking the uh, uh, nuclear Cheerios that come out of the Moai and a couple of the other stuff we talked about earlier Yep. Alright, so let's move on from scoring to impressions from the game. So, our first thought comes to us from SPM. Played three credits in Gradius 2, and all of them ended on stage 3. What an annoying random stage. Non recoveries in Gradius had to be among the worst in the genre. The bubble stage felt more fair somehow, but these are just early impressions. We'll see. And this game makes Raiden and R-Type forgiving. Ouch. I'm not the biggest Gradius fan either, but I'll give another try or a couple of tries. Once you experience the Gradius Syndrome, you know the consequences of your actions and the BS, and will play along the tension for the most part. That's when it gets more interesting and at some point frustrating. You may leave it there, huh? I just had the weirdest run, dying at one of those suns in stage 1, their hitboxes are surprisingly big. And the second boss against a mini rock got to reach the fourth boss where the run ended. But I did not die once in the infamous stage 3 uh, backwards run. The good part about this now is that we know we can always recover from a miss before stage 3 and still have a chance with the RNG nightmare that is stage 3. And also I got to see the second boss's full eye since they couldn't kill in time. That was scary. Later on, I reached the boss rush. This game is pretty good when you don't die. <laughs> yep, rule number one of a Gradius game, right? Don't die. Exactly. Trying to recover at the boss rush is horrible, though. It seems possible if you manage to power up enough at the beginning, but the boss rush would likely take too long. Later on, he's answering plus from Super Goat. There are two tricky parts in stage 3 that trap me sometimes. The indestructible moving ice blocks in the middle, and the spam of crystals at the end, which somehow can't reach the crystal ceiling at the top. That helps. Thankfully, recoveries are much more doable than it looked like, just destroying the little crystals and avoiding the big ones. Actually, I'm kind of digging some recoveries. Something I do not in Gradius 2, not the JP version at least, or Japanese version, the Asian world ROMs are much better for that losing only one of your power-ups after death. Tank seems to depend upon how much power-up you have, so it's not too bad, but some CPs require routing. By the way, I love the Shmup Club. I played yesterday a bit for the first four Gradius, now I appreciate the series more. Well, thank you for giving it a shot. I, Gradius 2, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but I, I found after the... Uh, um, the, the the incessant death drill that was Gradius 3 Arcade, this was refreshing for me as well. Huh. Uh, had a great run this morning where I died in the speedy stage, but somehow managed to reach the end, almost. I just need some strats for Moais, the fast section, and the gum wall, and the walker if I want to clear this without too much luck. I know the gum wall has a safe spot somewhere, but couldn't find it, and those needle bullets are evil. 
got the one cc and just barely made it into the first stage it was a lucky no miss until the walker that spooter is tough i had to look up the safe spot for the gun wall quite tough if in if done the intended way but only worked for time enough to get rid of most of the turrets at least by the way i may go back with a one cc with type a as well tried a couple of credits and manipulating the lasers is really fun it also destroys everything in their way I personally love stories like this where someone like I can't do this I can't do this and all of a sudden with her like wow I really like this and like yes I can so GG to you sir thank you for sticking with it I'm glad you found a way to finish the game and get enjoyment out of it and this is to me at least what the shmup club is all about trying new things even things that you think would be hard and to get success out of it to get enjoyment out of it yeah SPM actually got uh, got two one CCs during the month and so that was uh, quite impressive that's a 2GG clear yeah uh, Pony Trigon posted answering a question uh, that Eccentric Fellow asked about what to expect with Gradius 2. Uh, it said, A lot of memorization and a lot of BS. Not as bad as, say, Darius or Metal Black. Both games have an addiction to enemies showing up behind you out of nowhere. Uh, later post, Good lord, I'm rusty. Uh, quoting what the game just told me, You need more practice. And then later on, Curse you, H.R. Giger. Stage 2 is starting to take me off. This part in particular, Stage 2 near the end, uh, you die in this part, you're screwed. PCECD, Turbo Graphics Mini, 82,400. Loadout C, Ripple Laser, Photon Torpedo. I love the little things older games did, like asking for your sign uh, in Gradius or your blood type, such as in Gapless. I don't know why they're a thing, but I like them. And then later on, I'll be honest, due to work and me playing a lot of Wipeout, I haven't been playing Gradius 2 as much. Gradius is one of those can-only-play-it-when-I'm-in-the-right-mood kind of games. Konami games are the only shmups where I feel that way. Yeah, I could understand that with the... Gradius sitting around there. It's one of those games where uh, uh, your mental game needs to be there, right? It, it <laughs> I hate to throw the golf analogy out there, but but you, for to play a Gradius game, you 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 definitely need to have mental preparedness in there in order to survive Gradius syndrome. Because otherwise, you you're just not gonna have fun. You're gonna get frustrated. You know, I almost feel like we've been talking about memes almost this entire time, but I feel like, like th this almost constitutes a, uh, th what's that meme when there one does not simply uh, recover in Gradius? Right. Pretty much, yeah. All right, so uh, let's move on to the venerable Duke Togo. Got a couple of runs in, almost made it to stage four. I love the PC Engine CD version. Not that I'm awesome at it. I need to understand the flow of stage one better. Sometimes I can have an option, shield, laser, missile, and speed up all before the boss. Sometimes I feel like I get half the power capsules. The alien facehuggers in stage two give me fits every time I get to that spot. Yeah, and stage one is one of those, 
Interesting. And we should have talked maybe a little bit about this more. But you can really just milk it for score and get points there. But but you can also use it to your advantage and get powered up. And there are times when I'm playing and I'll have... Like fully powered up, and there are times I'm like, shoot, I missed a, a certain row, and I only got half of what I really feel like I needed to. It, it, it it's probably the most reset. It caused me to reset the most of any Gradius game I played in order to get sort of like a better start for stage one. Yeah, definitely is uh, definitely is something that you have to be very strategic about. Uh, Schlarp said, uh, played a bit yesterday night uh, on PC Engine Normal. Quite tough. I always pick the last loadout with force field, but can't decide between one or two speedups. Crashed a lot into the wings of the first boss, and that rear end of a platform in the middle of the screen during the boss too. Tiny nasty things. I credited Fed Gratis one, uh, Gradius 1 and Salamander a few years back, and stopped during Gradius 2 because of some brutal spikes in difficulty, I believe. Remember homing enemies in the later stage, so it's a great opportunity to pick it up again. And then, uh, <laughs> responding later to Pony Trigon's lament about stage 2, that's exactly the part I mentioned above when I dropped Gradius 2 a few years ago. I had no idea how to survive that. But I noticed that I got better in STGs during the last years. The same rule applies here, like always. Shoot it as soon as it appears on screen. And then later on, reached level 4, 3 options got stolen, how to avoid that, and got hit from the first shot of the boss. And I, I want to touch on that really quick, we quickly with the, the option hunter, because... In the PC Engine CD version, specifically, if you go all the way to the back of the screen, you pull all your options back so that they align with the back of the screen, the Option Hunter cannot get them. Similarly, in the arcade version, if you move all the way to the back of the screen and have your options to the back of the screen, uh, and then you move down, the Option Hunter will will follow your position. So as long as your options are all the way at the back of the screen and above you, and you move down so that the option hunter follows you instead, it will pass you by. So that is a, a strategy for that uh, particular encounter. Uh, Schlarp says, uh, I'm hitting a wall in stage four. I need save states and recovering is so hard. The anniversary collection has at least one save state, but the arcade version is also noticeable more difficult than the PC Engine version. And then some final thoughts here. I really like the game, but I couldn't find much time to play. After hitting my wall in Stage 4 in the PC Engine CD version, I moved over to Retroarch and used save states to get to the end. Stage 5 was easier to me than 4, but the difficulty ramped up uh, insanely in later stages. Due to lack of time, I didn't even bother to recover after death, since recovering felt more brutal than anything to me. The speed stage felt like requiring the most memorization compared to the others, but every level had moments I couldn't solve with pure reaction-based gameplay. 
That option-stealing enemy appears during Boss Rush uh, kept me asking, what were they thinking? But I got rewarded with cool new and old bosses accompanying, accompanied with my favorite track from the OST, Salamander Boss. Gradius 2 is a brilliant game of its time and an important series to me personally since Gradius on the Commodore 64 was the first STG I ever played. I'm happy I finished it. Uh, next we have Varg. Oh boy, this is going to take some time. Uh, posted a photo of the death of the first boss. Even with only two speed-ups, I kept hitting walls on the PSP version. Later post, you shall be crushed. You know, I, why, did, why would I read that? I don't feel like uh, someone where that is a, uh, maybe either a Zangief or, or maybe uh, Ivan Drago from uh, Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> As an off-screen boss kills him from behind. Okay, after approximately a million save points, I've gotten to see the credits. Oh, a meditor. Congratulations. The walker was effectively the final boss, as there was nothing else passed besides the tricky. Ha-ha, you missed the timing of the gate in an ugly face that died without literally doing anything to me. Honestly, I was thinking about going back and trying to do it with less safe states, but I'm pretty sure I'm done with the game. I did not enjoy it. This is definitely not the kind of game I enjoy. I even get to experience the Gradius Syndrome since I was just reloading save states. At first I was saying, whatever. I thought these could be a checkpoint when the final state is. I was basically saving every new screen. Anyway, the pauses were... The ship handled decently, even for a large hitbox. Larger with a force field, right? Yes, you're right. The visuals of the stages were really cool, and some bosses were fun, and the option brought her, option hunter brought in some tension into the key moments, and the soundtrack was not half bad. So, you know, I, I can also understand that these games aren't for everybody, and it, it could, could sort of be, uh, well, maybe um, anxiety-inducing as... Uh, Gradius games can certainly be. So if the game didn't click for you, no problem. Thank you for trying it out. And uh, hopefully you get, so, get some time in with uh, Super XYX or uh, R-Type Final as we even move on forward. So stick with us here and we'll, uh, we'll definitely find a game that you like. That's the beauty of the Shmup Club. Yep. Uh, Supergoat posted and said, I forgot, is there a preferred version to play? I thought Junkie said the TurboGrafx-16 is better for one of them, but I don't recall now. I need to figure out how to get AutoFire or Turbo working on either my Rep 5 or RetroArch, because holy cow, it's brutal to have to press for every shot. And then later, uh, aside from the aliens jumping at you on Stage 2 wasn't an issue, or Stage 3. Stage 1 was brutal for me, though. There are probably ways to position for the dragons to go less bad places, but I found they often boxed me into my death. And the pea shooter is pretty miserable, as, uh, as they all are, but at least they're pretty liberal with the power-ups. Once I got past Stage 1, the rest of the game started to flow pretty well. I didn't even have any trouble in the floating ice chunks. Uh, it'll still take me a while to be able to string together a 1cc, if I can at all. 
Alright. Up, up next is a comment from uh, my future self, Geriatric Domaku. Hello there, Shmuppers. I'm ready to join in on MAME. Do you know which ROM is the official for the Shmup Club? I'm guessing the Japanese copy. Turns out you can play the PC Engine CD version in MAME. It's hard to say no to those extras. Tech readout, a track screen, guitar song, a track screen, and better overall in-game sound. So I'm putting up a few runs so far. The first three stage first boss has been a wall. Gotta figure them out. Later on, Gradius 2, the game with so many walls. My current limit is the middle of stage 4, so many bullets appear. I started to, cons to consider scheduling death early in stage 4 in hopes of bringing the rank down. Yeah, Gradius 2, we, uh, we talk about it as it's like, oh yeah, you gotta do this and this, but it, it's another thing to pull it off, and it's certainly a game that is going to require a lot of memorization. You know, it's, a, it, it's sort of along those same lines going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, our, our, our Type 1 is... You can do it. Our Type 1's... It's definitely manageable, but it's sort of like, well... Yeah, our Type 1 is manageable in relation to our Type 2. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, it doesn't mean that it's going to be any easier. Certainly not. Uh, Drake Tungsten joined in and said, uh, I just played a little of the TG-16 on my mister. I got 31,700 on my first run today. And then later, I posted a video of a terrible run. But hey, I have a neat thing that shows controller presses. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, shiny controller presses. Was, uh, yeah, was showing that off in the, in the video, and that's a pretty nice feature. Yeah, and then the, you know I I have a in a turbo uh, turbo duo, but for all, all this turbo graphics sixteen stuff, I would easily go the route of a mini or a the Mister, and, and the Mister is where I play most of the stuff. Just because it's so much easier than having to uh, deal with original hardware when it comes to the stuff. Yep. Zoido says, got a lucky shot yesterday. You know, am I the only one who, when when they read that, you just got the uh, um, Neo Turf Masters go, nice birdie. <laughs> I don't think I can beat this without suffering serious health issues. Stage 5, Japanese arcade version. Stage 5, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, ENP says, it took me two hours to get past stage one. A few more hours, I made it to the end of stage three with a nice round score. I'll take it as a first milestone. Am I making life harder on myself by playing the Japanese arcade version in the Konami collection? Should I switch to the hamster port or just do man? And I guess it, it depends on what you want to get out of it. Um, Mame certainly has the save state feature that you can abuse and that will allow you to see more of the game and, and experience more of it. Uh, but you know, if you're looking to practice, that's MAME is definitely the way to go because of the save state feature. You can, you can save and load multiple states. So you can really hone in on 
particular segments. Yeah. All right. Our next comment comes to us from Fo Macho. Best friend so far is 131,400 on Vulcan Venture. The collection on Switch. Limp to the next stage on another run, but for less points. My horror mini stick died back in May 2021 during Gumbird. Oh no. Um, I finally bought a new micro switches to try repair, but it's actually just working again on its own. I'm not a good good practice. Uh, I'm not in good practice with this, so my personal best was in handheld with Joy-Cons, and my other best run was with a Retrobit Saturn pattern. I just beat this boss stage 3 with no upgrades, just skill. I don't mind the Joy-Con, I actually can't use the D-pad, but the analog stick is so tiny. It's got more in common with the feel of the Saturn D-pad than you think. Maybe the small taps are the hardest thing to do, but can't beat playing on the go in the or in bed. I've been playing with Type D recently, but finding I dislike the two-way bomb. It has no distance. But I also struggle with lasers cutting through enough of the webbing on barrier on stage two. The hitboxes of the webbing feel so small to is too. It's really tough. Getting some time in at the arcade. Well, never mind. Galloping Ghost breaks my heart every time I come to play a shmup. Gumbird was in bad shape in 2021, and Grass 2 is failing. Once I get to the suns on the first stage. I'm sorry to hear that. That, that, that is definitely something that I, I want to try and get out to, is get back out to Galloping Ghost. And I'm, I, I'm sure you echo those sentiments. Daylight, but playing on an X68000 at a retro game convention in Milwaukee. Sound is great. The controller is nice, got to stage 4 with only two buttons, one was shot and bomb, other upgrade. I don't know why you want to have them separate, but for casual play, I love this setup. Yeah, that was at the, uh, posted picture, it looked pretty fun at the Milwaukee Gaming Expo. Yeah, that looked really good. And a uh, little jealous that you got to play on an actual X68000. I'm just going to have to go next year. Yeah. Uh, You're just going to walk into there and go, give me the X68000 or give me death. Yeah. A dingo jumped in, uh, but uh, didn't actually get to play until later of the month because um, he was having some issues with the the Konami Anniversary Collection, uh, the PC release specifically, and it was it was not running properly and he reached out to support and they actually responded to him and kind of went back and forth with him on that, but did eventually uh, get it to work. I think maybe on console, but Digo said played for a bit the other night. Very tough to start out. I actually never played much Gradius far more familiar with R type and even Darius. I almost made it through stage one when I got multiple pulse, but the fire dragons got me. This game is hard. And then later on, I wish the auto fire on the arcade classics version was better. I ended up having to mash most of the time, which is exhausting. I'm having a tough time for sure. I will be happy just to clear stage one for starters. Cool game nonetheless. 
Goji Guy says, It's been a crazy month, but I finally booted up Gradius 2 on my Wii VC. I played for a bit in the switch to the PC and CD version, which aside from a bit of slowdown, I seem to click a lot better with. I will say I enjoyed the parts. I played a lot more than expected, considering I only played V and Guidian seriously before. But all that fun came to a crashing halt in the first death of each run. Gradius Syndrome is real, and recovery is not fun in the slightest. Basically, you absolutely must no miss, which is a tad disappointing. Yeah, uh, when choosing with this, I thought the Gradius Syndrome might be pretty real. This at least has a reputation of being one of the better balanced ones. I mean, usually it's, what, the Gradius 1, followed by Gradius 3 Super Nintendo, and then Gradius 2 is the order that I've heard, but I, I can still understand that it's any death in Gradius is pretty hard to recover from. Definitely. And finally, uh, a roguish ham says, this isn't on the TG16 PCE Mini, is it? Ah, it is. So I do own a copy. Uh, if you die during that boss rush, well, that's rough. <laughs> You're definitely rough there. Rough indeed. And uh, normally we would go into the high scores, but I did not get these recorded partially because some of the photos and, and screenshots that we had in the Discord were a little bit unclear and difficult to read. Um, so I'll just say um, I think SPM took it for the month uh, for getting two 1ccs and um, I think I was the only one actively playing the Famicom version uh, seriously anyway well, I was also playing but I, th I think you're milking one out yeah well yeah that, that, that milk was pretty outstanding and so I'll say you know for next time um it would be a, a good idea to not only post the screenshot, but then also put the number when you post that, uh, just so that it's a little bit easier to read, or I can kind of use that to verify. Um, because, like I said, some of the photos were a little bit harder to read and a little blurry, so it, it made putting the list of scores together more difficult. Alright, so what are your final thoughts on Gradius 2? Um, it's, it's difficult because Gradius 3, there was a, there was a clear delineation between the sheer brutality of the arcade version and the much more approachable nature of the Super Nintendo game. The lines are more blurred here. Although, I do think that the PC Engine CD version ultimately wins the day for me because it is a little bit easier. It is It does feel a little bit more well-balanced. Plus, you get all the extras of the attract mode and all that fun stuff. Plus, the voice quality, the voice samples being much higher quality. Um... And then you have the Famicom version, which is really its own thing in some ways. And it's kind of a 
a cool and interesting diversion. Um, I don't know if I like this as well as I do Gradius 3 on the Super Nintendo, but I definitely like the arcade version of Gradius 2 more than the arcade version of Gradius 3. And certainly the PC Engine and Famicom releases of Gradius 2 I would consider to be more fun than the arcade version of Gradius 3. So it kind of sits somewhere in the middle for me. It's a good game that I was pleasantly surprised by in some ways. And um, I could see myself going back to it if only for a bit more casual play. I don't know if I will attempt to 1cc the game. But it is a nice progression from the original. And certainly I think fans of the original would do well to, uh, to check this one out. Just because, again, I think a case could be made that, that, uh, excuse me. I think a case could be made that this is possibly the strongest of the original Gradius series arcade games. Um, and I, I know that there are a lot of people who feel that way. And I can definitely see why. What about you? Yeah, you know, I, I have to echo those sentiments. It really feels like this is, if I were to make a comparison, I would say that Gra Alien is to Aliens as Gradius is to Gradius 2. It, it feels like it takes the concept and it builds upon it. It really is, in, in some ways, it, its own thing, but re retains enough of the original elements that you can see its roots, right? It, it, it's not as brutal difficulty as Gradius 3, and I, I haven't played enough of Gradius 4, which I believe was the last arcade title, right? Gradius 4 in order to... But in order to make a, a, a definitive comparison. The PC, if someone asked how to play Gradius 2, I would almost always tell them to play the PC Engine CD version first. It's the most complete. It seems like it's got the most uh, complete artistic vision. It, re it has, as we mentioned earlier, the better voice samples on with it it's got the extra stage really isn't a lot of down it's well it even has an arcade mode if you enter a code it's on there and it's got even a harder <laughs> arcade difficulty by entering professional mode so there's really just a whole chock full of extras are worth playing on there the arcade version i put it under tough but doable it, it again it's nowhere as brutal as the arc version but it's nowhere probably not quite as balanced as maybe the original Gradius was the arcade version nor the Super Nintendo port Super Nintendo port will probably in my opinion be the most balanced followed by the original Gradius 
and the you know, the, mu- the music overall is, is very well done there and it has that very well done first stage that really draws you regardless of what version you're playing there the I'm trying I think back most of the what, what I remember of Gradius 1 was sort of like a little earth followed by it mixed in with some uh, <clears throat> earth mixed in with some metal right this has a lot more variety to it everyone's familiar with the Geiger-esque uh, stage 2 on there regardless of you're playing on the more salamander and style version of the Famicom or if you're playing on the arcade version you see organic bosses which is something I don't think you see in, in I don't, certainly don't remember seeing organic bosses within Gradius 3 I know Gradius 1 doesn't have them Am I thinking correctly in that? Is there, can you think of any organic bosses outside of Gradius Two? Well, yeah, I mean Gradius One has one. <clears throat> if you don't count the the brain at the end, the the end boss, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's stage six. Um, but yeah, it's it's not much of a theme in the original. <clears throat> I mean this. It is It almost feels like the the, the um, a comparison maybe to the LRPG or JRPG series Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest. They sort of broke it up into groups of three, right? You had your original trilogy, then you had your 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 you know, four, five, and six, and seven, eight, nine was <laughs> its own thing. It sort of feels that that way w- within Konami, right? Where they start out with Gradius, and they moved on to Salamander, and Gradius Two is the bookend of that original trilogy. And that's sort of how it's like. Here's a culmination of everything that we have learned here, and I. I think it is a very good game for somebody to <clears throat> start. What now? If someone were to ask me, let's say for <clears throat> what what type of where should I start with a Gradius game? Gradius Two wouldn't be a bad suggestion. You know, maybe Gradius Three Super Nintendo might be a <clears throat> first start, <clears throat> but it, or or recommending Salamander, but. It, Gradius 1, it does have great gameplay, <laughs> but I think its significance as time goes on is more of a, this is where it started. <laughs> this is, no, it, it's more interesting from a st- historical perspective than it is from a gameplay perspective. When it comes to the original Gradius, <laughs> I think that someone would be better served by trying Salamander or by trying Gradius 2, or even Gradius 3 Super Nintendo first. That being said, I was definitely delighted and surprised by how much this game had in some of the, there It certainly had a lot more to offer besides the, the, the showpiece, the Stage 1 showpiece that it was known for and that originally drew me to it. 
Agreed. Thought that was a long way of, of taking 25 minutes to say I like it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, it really, it, it feels like it's it's sort of Konami's last step out of <clears throat> what would be a traditional shooter for there, right? You, <clears throat> starting with Gradius 3, Gradius 4, <clears throat> they're sort of their own little separate things are not part of what an 80s shooter is, right? Even though Gradius 3, Gradius 3 was right at the end, wasn't it? Or was it 90? 89, yeah. 89, yeah, it was right at the end. <laughs> but it, it felt more <laughs> more early 90s in its design than it had to do with Gradi the original Gradius. Huh. <laughs> That's and as I mentioned earlier, if someone was asking, what, you know, I've never played a shmup earlier, but I want to try this Gradius series, what would you try? Some people might say Gradius 5. People might say Gradius 3. But if you're looking to suggest start at the beginning with Gradius 1, it may be doing them a load of a disservice. I think that the gameplay is still there, but it just... As I mentioned, I think it's more more valuable from a historical perspective than than it is actually for from a gameplay perspective. Right. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if if there are other titles that that are <clears throat> that way too. Uh, what, what's thinking back to? Dodonpach, right? Dodonpach is still pretty... Or Dompach is still good. But then you have people going, Dodonpach, and then you have DFK. If someone were to tell you, I want to get into cave shooters, I want to start with one of the Dodonpachi games, where where would you start? Uh, it's a difficult question. Would you tell them question. to play Dompach? It is. <clears throat> but that's sort of the same lines that we're talking about. Was something that's got a storied history. Would you say... I understand. You want to go with something more traditional, or do you want to go with the Damaku? Right. It's interesting. <clears throat> the way that we're approaching this is all from, hey, everybody knows what 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 this is. You know, everybody knows what Gradius is. Everyone's played it, right? Well, oh. Yeah, not everybody. Uh, this is just me rambling on, but you can cut this later. But uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm curious. To know, is I'm glad that we definitely played this because it was. <clears throat> I, I think it was one of the last sort of big ones that was uh, wasn't turned off by us, right? We'd already done three. We'd already done two. I was already done one, <clears throat> and. Maybe we'll look at doing four next year. But from what I understand, four is just sort of like a, a best of, right? Four is... Yeah, four is interesting. It's also the first time everything went 3D. Yes. And four, four came out, what, was it late 90s? Mid to late 90s? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the problem with Gradius games. They're always older than you think. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, before we start getting older than we think, let's let's move on to what's coming next here. So, what's coming next is bedtime, and I am totally for it. Me too. No. So, what's coming next? We have uh, Super XYX coming in May of twenty twenty three. Now, this is this the uh, the sequel for the game. Neo XYX? Am I thinking that right? Uh, no, it's more of a... Super XYX is more of a thing where the original designer behind Neo XYX got to run with with the vision for the game fully. Uh, so, unlike the original Neo XYX, which was limited in some ways based on not being able to fully realize that vision uh, completely. Super XYX is, I guess, a more fully realized take on those ideas. Gotcha. Okay. Looking forward to playing it in a couple days here. (laughs) And then in June, we are back for the final countdown with R-Type Final. I am... Looking forward to this because our type final two for at least for me was a little bit of a letdown. I I still have fun with it, but I, it just wasn't the game I was expecting it to be. Yes. Now to be fair to it, I haven't played it with all of the DLC yet. Right. And I'm kind of in the same boat, so uh, it'll be fun to kind of go back to the original our type final and rediscover that a little bit and uh, maybe see if the magic that I thought was in there when I first played it is actually still there um, and how that compares. Alright, I'd like to shout out Ed. Uh, Ed. i like to shout out Ed. Yo, Ed. No, uh. Like to shout out Ed of Studio My Principal of Heaven for the guiding and the regular Shoot the Quirkcast logo, as well as uh, helping us to make those lovely shirts. Like to thank Kogusu for the intro and outro music. Everyone in the RF Generation Playcast and pl- Collector Cast, uh, Metafro for putting up with my uh, constant word uh, use of the word Alzadik, and. Uh, for streaming the Shmup Club Game of the Month with all of the parrots or parrot dogs. I'd also like to thank everybody who takes time to join and try these games with us, whether you like them or not. It's always fun to hear everyone's different comments and opinions on the game as we uh, sometimes struggle th- collectively <laughs> through, <laughs> through a game. And uh, i also like to thank uh, Metalfro for Inviting me on this journey of uh, shmupping and for uh, taking the the time to record and talk talk about video games. Indeed. All right. Anything else that uh, anything else that we need to hit on before we before we close up shop? Yes the sack I am ready to hit the sack me too